Hi everybody, it's Mark Messier, and you're listening to Blue Shirt Underground Show, the number one Rangers podcast. Make sure you tune in, find out all the latest news. Let's go Rangers! Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Blue Shirt Underground Show. Today is Wednesday. It is December 22nd. My name is Jim, and as always, I am joined on the other side of the window by the one and only Eddie Geik. Eddie, good evening. Merry Merry Christmas to you. How are you this evening? I am doing Vonderbar, Vonderbar. Happy Kwanzaa, happy Hanukkah, happy Christmas, happy, 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 happy. Are you uh, are you excited for Christmas? Was was well. Uh, my wife's got a little bit of a cold. It's non-COVIDia, but uh, our plans were to go up to Pennsylvania again, but uh, maybe thwarted. So, uh, Canceled your plans due to the, co- once, the COVIDs. Hey, it's no big deal, yo. I will. Uh, Certainly uh, see my cousins uh, maybe the next week. Because, you know, once you have a cold nowadays, everybody's, like, wary. Even if you get negative, you really don't, you don't know. People are sneezing. People, it's in the back of your head. Oh, yeah. When, when can we normalize sneezing again? I know. It, it's, I mean, we always, always kind of, uh, you know, oh, he's got a cold. I'll stay away from him. And if I'm flexing a lot, it's not because I want to show off my biceps. Still having problems with the left arm, but going to PT, PT 109. How many people in the chat room got tickets to the gun show? <laughs> here no it is. Here. Uh, but uh, <clears throat> I'm working on it. It's feeling better. But if you see me 
grunting and groaning and moving the left arm. I'm not trying to posture. But, yeah, the, the wife's a little under the weather, and we don't want to subject other people to the distress. This is going to be babies around and all that stuff. So Right. Right now, it looks like uh, Christmas is fucking canceled. <laughs> Christmas I mean, is But I, I'm not like, you know, it's not a big deal for me. I know what I'm getting. You got children and that stuff. You know, I do love this uh, snow effect. It's Isn't this great? It's great. I really love it. So, uh, uh, yeah, so, whoa, Sean McCaff, the Don Murdoch, the cocaine joke still looming from 1982. God, you really just, uh, I think I'm on the 10 day disabled list. This has been a long progress, uh, process of rehabilitating. And I asked the guy, my physical therapist. I know we're not talking about hockey right now. We're getting all caught up with the personals. We're in a pause. I'm like, what cause? Yeah, we're in a pause. We're in a pause. We're, we're, uh, I, I said, what causes this? And he says, inactivity. Well, so I got plenty of that. <laughs> so uh, I got to get more active. Uh, yeah. so I think it, what it is is I spend so much time on the computer that I'm like, I'm leaning and my posture is bad. Like I should be like this. Right. And I'm always leaning forward and putting pressure. Who gives a fuck, really? Who really gives a fuck about my ailments, ladies and gentlemen? I do. I do. I, I you know, I mean, let, let's be honest. 50% of Eddie Geik is better than 100% of any other fucking co host on this. Oh, planet. thank you so much. Thank but you. I, you know, I, I need you healthy. I need you at 100%. Well, I'm on the mend. I've got a. Uh, no, I do not watch porn, which is weird from a guy my age. I, I'm constantly doing stupid hobby stuff, which I will talk be talking about a little bit later. Uh, I, I want to I'm going to send Jim a link for my new project. I am lifting up uh, another podcast that. I am going to do to the Jared Stoll tribute show. No, I'll be doing some other venture and hope to have Jim on from time to time. Thank you, Patty Duke. Thank you. Uh, so uh, anyway, anywho, uh, anyway, you slice it. I'm back. I'm ready for Christmas. I'm ready to talk Ranger hockey, Z-Man. I'm ready to talk about... It all, I even prepared a wheel of blame, which for some reason, technical difficulties, we may have to go old-fashioned where I just show it to the screen. I uh, don't have the technology with me to share the screen with my two-camera operation here. But we'll get to that, and we'll get back to the Rangers. I just, Jim, let me just start off. I can't believe we're at another fucking pause. I really, this, so disheartening. Just so disheartening. I can't, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't understand it. I don't understand. I, you know, I don't want to get, I don't want to go, as Dennis Miller would say, I don't want to go off on a rant here, but I don't understand one fucking thing that's gone on in this, in this world since last March. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. It hasn't made sense from the beginning. It continues to not make sense. 
I posted something on Facebook today that makes as much sense as anything. This this COVIDia can get through three vaccines, but not through your old Navy fucking mask. I mean, you know, we we did our part. We got our vaccines. We wore our masks. We took we took a year and a half to slow the curve, and and now we're still losing hockey games. We got we got replacement players on football teams. We're canceling things left and right. The WHO is saying, "Oh, don't get together for the holidays." Right here. Yeah, it's right here. I'm 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 just I'm done with it. I'm done. It's enough. Well, I, I don't blame you. The frustration is high. Uh, they're taking away a lot of things that we love. But we love getting together with the loved ones for most of us. And uh, they're taking away our beloved sports. I said a very selfish thing the other day. And I don't care. I said, you know, you fuck with a lot of things. But you fuck with my hockey. I really get fucking perturbed. I know there's, uh, you know. This uh, variant or whatever that's happening is not really killing anybody. It's not really sending many people to the hospital. At least that's what I'm informed with. You know, come up with some statistics, whatever, whatever you want. That's that, my general overview of what's going on. That that seems to be the the, the general so, consensus that it's a mild, more mild variant. But but but, but how? I mean, again, I'm just going to say this once, and I'm not going to talk about it, but. How different is this mild variant from the common flu? Like, they never shut down the league before because people got flu. Or, or the common cold. Right. It I mean, ran through the teams. Uh, the Rangers survived the mumps outbreak a couple of years ago, four years ago, whatever that was, right? Oh, make me and break out the phone. And it is fucking killing me in my fantasy leagues. I, I know you're not a fantasy guy. Uh, but I know, I know, because I hear it from Dan Murphy all the time. I know this was a devastating weekend for the fantasy football player. Well, I don't fucking care about football. They can. I, I've been doing fantasy football before it was even popular. I should have fantasy before it was called fantasy football. Before it was called rotisserie league. I thought it was about chicken. That's why I joined. <laughs> but hey, delicious chicken. I'm in. But here's the scoop. This fucking hockey. They cancel it the day of the game. I'm setting my lineup. Bah, bah, bah. I got Pittsburgh's playing twice this week. Oh, no, they're not. I'm picking up guys from Pittsburgh so I get the maximum games in. Oh, no, they're not. And it turns out I fucking Minnesota plays a game. I start the great X-Ranger Cam Talbot who fucking... Uh, Sean McCaff is extolling at every fucking moment, and he gets bombed for fucking seven goals or whatever he got for six goals, and it sends me into the minus column. Meanwhile, there's only two games in this week of fantasy hockey, and so there's no way I'm going to come back from a negative. And whoever set up this fucking... Uh, uh, ah, and then it's like, okay, well, you know what? After Tuesday, eh, we're going home. There's no more games. The holiday break, holiday break starts starts now. The Olympics is canceled. Everything is canceled. It's a joke. So I'm all upset about that. I don't want to lose. I'm very competitive, and I'm playing with a bunch of guys from Minnesota who already think they're fucking, they know hockey better than a New Yorker, and it's a whole fucking thing. So, uh, uh, you know. I don't know. You, you're blaming me for Talbot? Blame that love fucking lummox and net. You're a mush. You're, mu I'm <laughs> you're a mush. mush. Camp Talbot. 
They lost to some fucking pitling team, too. Dallas. And he lost to fucking Dallas. Give up six goals to Dallas. Anyway. Lou Nanny had three goals in that game. What? Lou Nanny had three goals in that Lou game. Lou Nanny, and he got some assists from uh, Dino Cicerelli. Uh, Dino Cicerelli and Bobby Smith. That's their first line. <clears throat> So uh, we do have uh, we do have Russ Cohen coming up. It's been a while since we talked to Russ. Couldn't remember the last time we talked to Russ actually. And it's uh, been a long I reached, time. I reached out to Russ last night, and I said, "Hey, I know it's short notice, but if you're not doing anything, you know, come say hi." So Russ, as he always has, said yes, and he will be along in about 15 minutes, and we'll catch up with him, get his thoughts on the pause, his thoughts on the Rangers. His thoughts on whatever. Yeah, me and him always disagree. So that's always makes up for fun. But I think we'll be more in agreement there. But yeah, I understand New York Ranger, like we lost to Dallas. Wasn't that game like six? I mean, we got a lot better than that. It's game two, wasn't it? Say it was very early in the season. I mean, Dallas is come on. I mean, they got some good players. No, there's no right about but Minnesota's the team, they're the hot team. So, anywho, so uh, I'm all I'm all irritated by the lack of hockey now. They took away my hockey. So, uh, well, yeah. Uh, before we before we paused, which by the way, I, I got to credit Sean McCaff. I, I did give him credit in the, in, the uh, in talking to people, and I, I think I did give him credit in our Facebook group. He said this to me two days before it happened. He's like, you know, that game Wednesday night against Montreal is going to be canceled. He's like, there's no way. Montreal's coming to the States two days before Christmas with everything that's going on up there. I'm like, Jesus, I really hadn't even thought of that. And then it, it was another two days, then they canceled all those games. But we did have, Eddie, we did have some hockey before we before we hit the pause button again, two weeks to slow the curve, to flatten it. Everything's going to be fine on Monday. Don't ask me how. They got their old Navy masks on. Everything's going to be fine. And uh, it, it wasn't it wasn't exactly uh, I wouldn't call any one of these three games the Rangers' best hockey of the season. They did come away with three points, three points, but uh, it was pretty ugly hockey for the most part. Yeah, it was, and I, I do agree with you. I thought the Rangers um, in the Knights game. They played pretty well. They just couldn't seal the deal. But the thing is... The second period was one of the best periods they've played oh, all season. Oh, yeah. No doubt. And, and I'm sure all of us went into went into the third period thinking, there's no way we lose this game. No way. Well, yes. Yeah, I think you're right. I think most of us were, you know, were positive pollies. And we're all, uh, you know, wow, the Rangers really... The problem with that game, and I'll just touch on it briefly is that they got that second power play after, uh, what was it, Kreider or was it Binajad scored? I don't know which guy. In the second period, it was a double minor. It was a minor called why they were on the power play. Right. And, and, and Kreider scored, and then they got another two minutes. Yeah, and they got a couple chances, one by uh, Kako, which he on. And I think Strom may have hit a post or something somewhere following that in there. And they just couldn't get it past to the backup goalie of the, the Knights. But I'm going to say with this, guys, without Panarin and without Chesterkin, they didn't 
collapse. I mean, they held maybe a little. They held serve. Can I see? You think they've held serve? Yeah, I mean, they kept their heads above water with him out. It could have been a lot worse. We've seen it go a lot worse. I mean, it didn't start off well with Adam Suxka uh, in Colorado. No. And we saw Georgie play pretty well. So we got an answer to that. And uh, the Kincaid, uh, but with Seth Sturkin uh, out, I, I'm trying to take that positive away from that stretch of games. Did they play their best hockey? No. They still can't. They've kind of gotten back into that rut where they can't generate a lot of shots on net. And they're not getting a lot of power plays. They're doing well on the power play when they get it. Yes. But they're not getting a lot of power plays, which shows me that the work ethic may not be there. So am I panicking? No, because the Rangers. There's no no, need to panic. I'm not. I'm not prepared to say the Rangers can't close the game off with our friend um, Rock was suggesting uh, one of the co-hosts of uh, uh, was it uh, two two guys one cup two guys one cup I'm gonna say two brothers two brothers one cup two brothers from Italy uh, two yeah two boys from like a pizza place. Right. Uh, yeah, those guys, I don't know. I mean, I had been lauding the fact that the Rangers weren't blowing games, but the Knights are not a bad The Knights are a good team. They are no joke. And, uh, and let, let's face it, the, the Knights game was the last game, right, Jim? Yes. The final game. We all know who blew that game if you watch the replay. First of all, can't win a faceoff. Philip Feeble decides to go after the point man and try to beat him to the puck and doesn't, leaving the entire side open on the other side, and the guy just deposits in the net. So I blame it on Philip Heedle, lack of faceoffs again. And, you know, a team like that's going to find ways, and the Rangers, again, they're not a, a playoff. They're not a contender yet. They're still, they're still just, not built to win. I know they're not, you, they're not upper echelon, right? I think they're. I think they're in the in the in the good category. And I think at times they can be very good, but they're not. I, I just don't think. That, I don't think. And it's it's not a crime. It's not you know, but they're not. They're not top tier, right? I mean, I think I, I think they could. I think you know when the goaltending's on, and when a few things break their way, they could beat anybody in the league. But if you're talking seven game series, no, they're not an upper upper echelon team, and that's fine. I don't. I wasn't expecting that this year, but quite frankly, they've been much better than I expected. Certainly. I mean, was uh, the Vegas now the, talking to, talking about Filipino? He was benched in the Arizona game, right? Yes. The Arizona game and that game was an absolute oh. heist. They, you know, I got they, I got a lot of buddies out there. That were Nick, the great Nick Turtilli, Justin Freed, they were out of that game, 
And I texted him as soon as that game was over. I said, you boys saw an absolute felony. Yeah, they should have never won that game. I mean, if anybody gave a shit about the Coyotes, they'd be really pissed about losing that game. That was just a case of bad teams find a way to lose. Right. right. And Arizona is light years worse than most teams in the league. Sorry, Paul, but they are. But we did get we did get two goals out of Capo Caco in that game, including the game winner. Wonderful. With uh, what was left? What was it? Uh, two and a half minutes left in that game. Capo Caco. Sam, he's in front of that net. He's beefed up. He's uh, yeah, okay. Well, well, that those two goals brought him up to a whopping t- tally of five. Six, five. I think five. You know, listen, I mean, you know, uh, I'm not expecting all that much. I should, but, I, you know, I'll take it. Baby steps, I guess. Um, you know, so it's, you know, the, yeah, Kako got two goals. They were nice goals. I mean, you know, you want to see the guy chip in. I'm not rooting against them. It's just that if the if Zabinajad, who played a great game against Vegas, finally showed up, I mean, finally had a dominating game uh, uh, where I thought, wow, this guy's taking control. Also scored a goal in the Vegas, uh, in the uh, Arizona game. Yeah. So he is maybe, maybe picking it up. Now we're pausing. Well, this, the worst thing this guy needs is another pause, right? Zabinapause. There's a bit of pause. Anytime there's a pause in him, COVID, whatever it is, it's just it, it's the start of the season again. And then he's right. in the doldrums. Right. Now he's going to fall back into the COVID effects. The you know what? I say, so the guys are bantering about Philip uh, Heedle, about he's not a center, he's not a winger. I mean, he's a winger, not a center. He's certainly not a center. He's just I, a bust. that's what I'm saying, man. Bust. I I may have seen enough. I know I say guy heats up, but that's my favorite say. I've seen enough. (laughs) I mean, I mean, if they can't find a way to get this guy going, what a disastrous draft that turns out to be, right? A disastrous first round where you draft two guys in the first round who just do absolutely nothing. One's already gone. The other one could be traded. You know, any deal that comes along, the Rangers, I think the Rangers, you know, might look to move him in. Uh, What a bust of a draft that'll be. Imagine, I mean, come on. I mean, isn't that just the way it rolls for this team, though? We get, we get, after years and years and years of trading away first round picks for just overpriced veterans who are done. Not we get two first round picks and they both stink. I know, I but mean, I'll tell you who doesn't stink. You know who doesn't stink? Who? Oh, Joe, Brett Howden, Joe. What about that, Brett Howden? Two points, shit, alumni night. It, that moron scored. The, the names change, but the alumni goals stay the same. Whether it's John, Jonathan Marshall, so another one, no use for him, right? 
Yes, I think technically <laughs> that dude was never he was in training camp with the Rangers, but right. But no use for him. No, I guess yeah. let him go to Columbus. Let him sign that ELC. Go to Columbus. Yeah. Oh, no I use for him. What the fuck is this stupid thing? So, uh, yeah. So I agree with you, Jim. <laughs> I think I think there's all you know. Again, glad that the, happy about the record. Glad they've played well. You know, glad they've hit this pause with a decent record. But there is just a long history of just bad asset management. Well, they made some good picks. Where'd they pick Buknevich? Who? Hoochnevich? Pavel who? Pavel point the game who? Pavel Hoochnevich? Couldn't sign the point the game guy. We got to save cash. Got to get tough. For the other point of game guys we have on this team. Oh, wait, we have none. Got to get tough. Yeah, it's true. Well, Sammy Blaze is paying dividends <laughs> on the IR. Right. I mean, I, like Sammy Blaise. I mean, I don't want to belabor this point because, you know, I'll be the first one to say, like, you know, listen, let's not stop. You know, let's not. Let's give up following X Rangers. But you know what? We did not like this trade from the beginning. <laughs> and uh, it's just uh, when the Rangers can't get that supplemental scoring, it would have, uh, it would have helped. Uh, but we're rolling. We're, we're rolling. Like we said, it's all about Kako and Lafonier this year. So is it? it is. I mean, they roll the dice. This is <laughs> it. The young guys got to develop. They're getting stronger. They're getting bigger. I mean, we knew Zabinajad, well, we thought he would, you know, he'll do his deal. Panarin's going to do his deal. Kreider has exceeded. I think he's 10 goals away from his career high. Or something I believe you're like correct. That. He's done his part. He's over-exceeded our... I mean, Adam Fox is, is phenomenal. Ryan Lindgren has been the same, steady. Truba's been better than usual. Keanji Miller hasn't been, uh, uh, you know, all that worrisome. Libor Hayek coming into the picture, playing steady, saving goals. Are we still after him, folks? Are we still going to go after Libor Hayek? Oh, I've uh, always been in. I've always been in Hayek's corner. He's just a guy. He's just he's a guy. Fine. He's Jacob Truba and, and and Jacob Truba has completely turned around this fan base. Oh, they love him now. This fan base couldn't wait for Jacob. They couldn't wait for Jacob Truba to make a mistake from from get opening night. Every mistake they were pouncing, and, and, and now they've done a one. And now they love him. Now the captain talk is back. Let's make him the captain again. Yeah, because they see the hits the the. The Blutos out there that love the the, the, the the hits. The Blutos that love the toughness. They love it. And listen, I love it too. He's laying out uh, uh, the Jabberwocky guy on Chicago, Jabba Binks. He's uh, laying out fucking Nathan McKinnon. I mean, usually when you knock out these guys, you hit them hard, you always get penalties and suspension. Right. And kudos to uh, 
Gary Olandeskog for fighting Truba. But I like the fact that Truba wins the fights after they attack him. And then he got that guy on Nashville there. Or was it Nashville? Coonan or something? Yeah. You guys. So he's been – his offense ain't that bad this year. He got six six goals, right, I think? Yeah, six goals. I don't have the stat That's pretty good. No so. power play time. <clears throat> Russ is here. You want to talk to Russ? Yeah, let's bring Russ on. All right. Let's welcome back. He is nodding. He is ready to go. Ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome welcome back to the show one of our one of our dear friends, one of our original guests on yes. this program. Yeah. Sirius XM. He's an accomplished author, the author of uh, 100 Things Every Ranger Fan Should Know Before They Die, 100 Ranger Greats. He is the one and only Russ Cohen. Russ, good evening. How are you? Hey, Jim. Hey, Eddie. How are you guys? Thanks for coming on. friend. How are you? Anytime. Uh, I'm going to tell you how I was was coming home in the car last night, and I was listening. I had Christmas music playing. And a Hall and Oates song came on, and <laughs> you now immediately pop into my head when I hear a Hall and Oates song. And I thought, geez, you know, we haven't talked to Russ in a while. Oh, I'm like, I'll oh, let me text him, see if he's see if he's busy. And sure enough, as you always do, you said yes, and we appreciate it. So we're glad you're here. And you are now synonymous, whether you like it or not, you are now synonymous with Hall and Oates. What's because his it even, with Hall and it even came it up on our group when I said Russ is coming on the show tonight. One of our guys said, Oh, is, are you gonna play Hall and Oates to intro intro? Him? <laughs> I don't like them, Eddie. They just stink. They're not a good band. Um, they just stink. Right, well, well. I, I love it. Hey, before you came on, that we were going to argue because we never agree. And as a person who has seen Hall and Oates live, my, I've seen um, them live. Will tell you that <laughs> Daryl Hall stink. is very talented. Oates, not so much. Okay. Oates is kind of like and release them. Yes, he's like the end releasing of music. <laughs> Insignificant and uh, best, not even mentioned anymore. But didn't, he did escape being benched by John Tortorella. He did. Uh, okay. Actually, I saw Hall Notes at, at Live Aid. They were with the Temptations, and uh-huh. it was the best set I've ever seen with Hall Notes because they played t- t- Temptations music. Ah. They didn't play yeah. any of those songs. So that none was- of the. Uh, t- None of the old, there's no like version, of like the old, nothing. Anybody who does man eater, I can't, I can't, I just can't. Well, I just to, to, <laughs> to rev your engine a little bit more live, they do a seven minute version. <laughs> the saxophone, the beat, it's great. It can't, it's not great, it's never no, it's great. I, I think it's I, funny that it's Eddie that's arguing with you about Hall and Oates when I'm when I'm the bigger fan. I know, I know. I've been a fan oh, of theirs. A, I've been a fan of theirs for forty years. Oh, really? Well, there's oh, something yeah. wrong with you then. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, uh, no. first cassette tape I ever bought was Hall and Oates Voices. Which one is that? Kiss on my list. You make my dreams. You've lost make that love and feeling. The Toronto Maple Leafs goal song. Oh, uh, you know what? Every <laughs> Leafs fan. Wants it gone. They can't stand it. They still play it. Yeah, like it's like it's all oh, that that they ever won a cup in seventy years. That's out of bounds. <laughs> no, that could be one of the Hall and Oates are way more successful than the Toronto Maple Leafs. I grant you. True. <laughs> now, Russ, before we before we get into some Ranger stuff, I want to ask you up front. You got your Mets hat on. You're obviously you're obviously excited. Do you like the show, Walter Hiring? 
I don't love it. I mean, I wanted them to talk to Mike Sosha, but they didn't even interview him. I mean, it'd have been nice if Steve Cohen would have like flown out there and shown some interest in the best manager available. Sosha? Yeah. Boy, that's that's just rubbing salt though, isn't it? A little bit? No, but I mean, listen, we have to get over that. But the guy has won a championship, a silver medal. He's he's nine postseasons. He's he's better than Showalter. It's not even close. Yeah. Maybe I don't know. Uh, I, you know what? I never even thought of Sosha. Huh? I never even thought of him. I guess maybe the Mets didn't either. <laughs> well, I tweeted to Stephen Cohen, so he should have. But oh. the point is, if you, you tweeted Uncle Steve, yeah. <laughs> if you didn't even think of him, then you're doing the wrong thing. But they did this backwards anyhow. Who the hell fills a roster and then gets a manager? That's true. So I, look, Showalter will do an okay job. My issue is is when everybody says, hey, you know what? He'll bring stability. It'll be good. It's only three years. And I'm like, yeah, in three years, Scherzer will be gone, and who knows what the ground will be like. So right. you got to have a guy who can win now. You're not having a guy who's going to come in and slowly change things. Hmm. All right, so you're not thrilled. I'm not thrilled, but I'm not mad. Okay. Just the way it is. Okay. And what do you think about the, uh, the the acquisition of the center fielder and, and the whole thing? listen? I was big on Starling Marte. I, I wanted Starling Marte, and and I did right because listen, can we all just say it was a hoax for the last two weeks with all these interviews? We knew Showalter was getting the job, like it was so yeah. obvious. But I did write a couple weeks ago that when if they went and got Starling Marte, Showalter is a guy that likes to have his guys steal bases. At least he'd be one of those guys. You know, Lindor is another. They don't have a lot of guys with speed in that lineup. So at least they added some speed. And look, in this era, or at least last year, hitting the average that he did, that's hard to do. Most guys didn't even hit 300. Okay. So that Very was true. So, uh, so you, yeah, I, you say your men's and men's on the, the – yeah, They, they could have done worse. I mean, I listen, that. he has to prove it to me. He's got a 506 winning percentage. Am I going to click my heels? So, listen, this is how bad it is, okay? Somebody said to me the other day, well, he's better than Terry Collins. I had to defend Terry Collins oh and say God. that he was better. Is he better than Jeff Torborg? Yes, everybody is. <laughs> everybody. Well, I mean, everybody but Joe Frazier. Ah! <laughs> Weren't they over 500 with Joe Frazier? I don't think so. I think he was like I, 475. Uh, I remember like... As a kid, being like, "Well, they were close to 500 on the right, Joe Frazier." I was so excited, but the guy was bad. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's so funny. Let's talk hockey. We don't want everybody to get. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everybody has zones out. Uh, <laughs> so well, I, let me ask you. I want to ask you first: uh, Is this pause really going to end Monday? No. Is the you don't think so? No, I think what's going to happen is on the 26th, guys are going to come in. And they're right. going to find more positives than they planned on. And I think they're going to wait a little bit. Me personally, and this is just a guess on my part, I think they should wait until January 1st and re relaunch everything with the Winter Classic. I think that's the way to do it because that way you've protected that game. That's their huge moneymaker. And then right. you start from there. And then you worry about starting to make things, you know, make up those other games. Yeah, I just I, I just can't see how how shutting everything down for five days is gonna is gonna fix everything to the point where they're where they're comfortable coming back Monday night and playing hockey. It won't but fix everything. It definitely will save the winter classic, though. You have to admit that. 
Well, yeah, I mean, that's it's certainly, I hope so. Yeah. And, and where are you on the, on the cancellation of the Olympics? Well, I mean, the Olympics aren't canceled, just the NHL. Well, I mean, I that's know. what, that's what I, I meant. Well, just, no, it's funny. Cause a lot of people have said that that way. And Sorry. I'm fine with it. I just, he, the, the issue that I had was it seemed like the players wanted control of this and the league gave them control of it. And then we all knew the league didn't want to go. But the problem is the players could see the writing on the wall and they still didn't pull the plug. It still took the league to meet with them to pull the plug. And that's, you know, listen, you could say a lot of things about Gary Bettman and the league if you want. But they didn't need to make the league the heavies in this one. And Donald Fear put out a statement that basically was like, yeah, sorry, fans, we tried, but these games were canceled and we got to play these games. It's like, yeah, you got to play these games. You want to make your full paycheck, don't you? I mean, right. so I didn't like that. I just felt like that was a little bit where there's enough to bitch about about the league, but this was not their fault. Okay. Yeah, it seemed like the players were dragging their feet. They were definitely dragging Yeah, I mean, all along. But everybody goes right to the the league when anything goes wrong. I mean, uh, that's the perception that the league was actually running all that and making the decisions when it was the players. Yeah. Under the best of circumstances, are you a proponent of the NHL going to the Olympics? Yeah. Yeah. Under the best of circumstances, I am. I've enjoyed games uh, 2010 aside because that made me sick. But otherwise, (laughs) it did. It just did. I was so mad. I don't care if I'm in the media. I was I'm an American too. I was mad. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, the, the Olympics since the NHL has been playing. I remember was it uh it was it Nagano in '98 when the Czech Republic had that great team. I mean, those yeah. were some great games. I remember staying up until the wee hours because I was living in Arizona at the time to watch some of those games. Oh yeah, those were tough. I mean, I remember, yeah, those were, were like one in the morning games. Yeah, yeah. Now, the Olympics would have been fun. We'll see who shows up on the Olympic team. I'm a junkie. I'll end up watching some of those games anyhow. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's fun to watch. I mean, Bobby Ryan's going to be on the team. We we kind of know that. So, hmm. I guess uh, I'll start with the Rangers stuff. <laughs> it's a good place to start. Gerard Gallant, your feelings coming in, and now your feelings, what, 25, 30 games in? Anything changed? Anything different you learned? All right. So my feelings coming in was kind of like lukewarm. Like, all right, he's a good coach, but what went on in these other markets? Why was he bounced so early? I don't know. I guess we're going to find out, right? And New York always is that pressure cooker where you're going to find out a lot about a guy after a couple seasons there, if they last a couple seasons. I think so far he's handled it fairly well. I don't know if the team is that much better because of him or are they getting a lot of these wins because Shesterkin is a hell of a goalie and Panarin's a top five player in the league. The rest of the supporting cast is pretty good. They're not a great team yet. I think they're on their way up. But I really do think with those with those factors, is it all Gallant or is it a lot of that? I don't know yet. Well, one thing I see in Gallant that I didn't expect, or maybe I expected it, but I didn't expect it to work, was the fact that he does play that fourth line a little bit more, and uh, he's given like a kind of a, an edict, a direction. This is what I want you to do. I know a lot of a lot of coaches. It's kind of 
you know, it's nonverbal what you really should do. You just keep the puck in the other right. team's zone. But the Rangers have pretty much forever, I mean, really have lacked players in doing that on the fourth line. Um, I think under Quinn, I, I felt that, that it was just like, you know, the least skilled players got to play on the fourth line rather than some kind of organized, mm -hmm. you know, strategy. Uh, what do you think about that? I mean, I think his fourth line is good. I My only criticism of it is if you're down a goal or two and there's like 10 minutes to go in the game, should you be playing that fourth line? That's my only question. The rest of the game is fine. Giving him the direction, everything else you said is fine. That helped get A.V. fired. A.V. was playing Zach McEwen in the fourth line so much before he got canned that, you know, it's not a good look when you're not doing well. When you're doing well, it's fine. It, you can get away with it. But, like, if you're playing the Colorado Avalanche and if you're down one or two goals, should you play the fourth line with 12 minutes to go? Like, that would be the question. Yeah, he does have a propensity to put, like, especially, like, in the last minute of the game or when they pull the goalie, it's Dryden Hunt, it's Julian yeah. Gauthier. Yeah. Um, you know, you kind of wonder. But, you know, I guess all these coaches play – Favorites, they're their guys they that they just like. Yes, you know, you know whether it's Jesper Fast out there. The coaches love <laughs> that guy, and I guess they play favorites. And those guys are out there over some guys. Maybe we think that are more offensively skilled. You know, so uh, who would you say is the? It's tough to say because the Rangers are winning, so. It's tough to say, oh, who is really underperforming? I think I might know who you think might say is you, probably a guy that you thought would be more of a factor at the juncture. Well, I think it's still fair to say that, you know, Kako and, and Lafreniere are underperforming. I, I felt like Lafreniere should play with more high-caliber players. I think that is still something that Gallant hasn't learned, that actually Quinn did learn and got good results out of him late in the season last year. So I think it's, I think it's part of that. Kako, honestly, if he doesn't get faster in this league, like just physically faster, it's going to be hard for him to get like 20 goals because he is a guy that if you notice, he has to be somewhere around the net to score for the most part. And if he finds a little space, you give him the puck, he's got great hands. Like he'll do it, but to get from a to B, he still has a little bit of trouble. And so, you know, I know he had that two-goal game recently. That was good. We need to see more of that, and I just haven't seen enough of it yet. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I think really with both the guys. Lafreniere is a little bit more speedy. He is. But uh, I don't see Kako really outskating anybody. He, he looks a little bit like he's a little bit step behind. Um, and I, I don't know. I mean, you followed this guy a bit before he came to the NHL. He seems very unemotional. Yeah, I that always was the case. But I think the part that I maybe got wrong, and I think even, you know, folks at MSG got excited about when we were watching, you know, footage from like Finland and stuff, and they were sh giving him stretch passes. It's a wide open game there. And so it looks great. He handled it. He gets in close. He buries it. We don't see that in the NHL, though. He's not doing that in the NHL because it's a whole different world. And so I think the adjustment has probably been greater than he ever expected. And 
I would say this, at least Gallant's getting something out of him. So that's good. I think he's actually, because he's played some defense, Gallant has played him uh, probably more minutes than maybe his, his offensive numbers deserve. So, you know, maybe we'll see a payoff at some point. Okay. Um, what, what do you think's going on with Philip Heedle? Yeah. I, Have you seen enough? I mean, I we're can't. in year five now. We're, yeah. I didn't even. I, he it, played on the AV at the end. <clears throat> you know, I mean, we were know. talking about it last week, and I was like, uh, we didn't even realize that it's we're in year five with him already. Yeah. Yeah. Heedle, like, wasn't a guy that was on my draft board at that moment. I think they took him because they thought he'd be a center. And we know now that he is not going to ever be a center. So if he's not a center, to me, he's got to score 15, 20 goals. And I don't know, man. I think that's a battle now. I think that's it's a bit of a battle. And if if he doesn't find his game, that 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 draft is just a, a colossal bust Yeah, at this point. I mean, uh, we were just talking about before you came on how, you know, we waited years to have first-round picks. I and we got two of them. And, and they're, I mean, they're t- both just, you know, terrible. It's just awful what's what's going on with these guys. I, I think they can get something decent for Kratzoff because he is producing in the KHL. So did they handle that situation great? No. Is he, is he a mature guy? No. So – there's both of those things. Again, I wanted Wallstrom. I didn't want that pick because I felt like Kratzoff was like a home run swing. Like you see, he's got all these tools, but he does have to put them all together. He puts them together when he's in, in the KHL. He doesn't put them together when he's here. Doesn't mean he won't, but I think I see some of the shushkin in him. And if it's going to take that long, he's not going to be in New York that long. That's the problem. Yeah. I mean, he's finally finding his game now. Right. I mean, yeah, I agree with you. I don't think it's the blame lays. I think a lot of blame lays on the Rangers with this whole thing. Uh, and also him, like he's an immature guy, but I could see him being immature at 2021, but I can't see a Ranger organization that has all these resources, can't get somebody other than Sergei Nemchinov's daughter to acclimate these people to uh, a, a new culture. Yeah, and, it, it's, and, and it's hard for them. Like we have to legitimately say that the Rangers have not had great luck with doing that. There's teams that do better with that. It's it's better if you have a teammate that's bringing you along than somebody else like that. And that's no slight on her. It's just, it's well, less I'm relatable. Not, I, I just feel, I, I just feel like this, this seems to be a reoccurring problem Yeah, uh, it, with the Leah Anderson. There was a lot of miscommunication there going as well. Mm-hmm. I feel like, and then we heard, I don't know if you got this, about Chris Drury uh, dressing down Kravtsov while he was down in the minor league. I heard rumors. I don't know if it's true, but I did hear the rumor. Right. I mean, I, I – uh, I, what, what was the – was Drury told him in front of the whole – you let the team down, you let everybody down, or right, something like that? Yeah, something like you that. You quit on I the know. team. I don't know. I don't know. Who they have, listen, they have other European players coming, so – they right. they figure it out. You're know saying stop drafting KHL players and, and Europeans. So but you can't Russ, do that. I know, but if you can't, you don't have the resources. 
Listen, look, how, look, look, as an example, look how long it took the Minnesota Wild to actually decide that they were going to go and, and draft a Russian player. There were some teams that, you know, swore off him, and he's their best player. Yeah. So, you, you know, you can't do that. Uh, and, and then what galls me, what galls me, Russ Cohen, <laughs> as the Rangers draft a Russian player and Pavel Buknevich, and then because some fear that he's going to cost them, a, uh, he's going to become a cap issue, they trade him away. They trade him away for Sammy Blay in a second round pick. Pavel Buknevich is averaging a point per game as we speak. Why? No surprise, because he's a really good player. He was he had a really good year last year. Last year, last year. both ends of the ice. Listen, I didn't like a move either. And then Sammy Blay became like this folk hero because he would hit guys and show little blasts of skill. Listen, Sammy Blay is not a bad player. That's not my point here. Is to rip him. My point here is to say Buchnevich should never been traded. He's a really good player. And he made it. He was a pick. Yeah, developed a late pick. A late pick. <clears throat> he developed it to, and rather than have a legacy of a ranger who they made a good pick, they have to right. ship him off for the so they can sign. And what them. was he like? Third, fourth round, and he was their first pick that year, something like that. And he was yeah. third round. Yeah. yeah, third round, and so yeah, he he's a really good player. It galls me, and then you know, again, it's nice to have Sammy Blay hitting people. But now he's on IR and for the rest of the season. And I don't know what that second-round pick – I really don't care about picks anymore because the Rangers don't have a history with the picks. And then they're worried about, you know, signing well, – That's not true. Year. Look at Keandre Miller. He's doing great. Like, don't, don't fall into that bucket. Right. Well – all right, so well then, let me, okay. So Keandre Miller is 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 doing is doing very well, and I and I'll but so let me circle back to with the with the European guys. What what are the Rangers? Are the Rangers not not really vetting these guys before they draft them, and then they're having these cultural and every other problem? <laughs> are they just watching YouTube videos and saying, no, okay, let's draft no. him? <laughs> no, they have an extensive scouting department. They're sending guys. Look, last year almost everybody was watching video. There's right. some guys over there, but for right, the but these problems go back. I mean, we're going back now five years with I a couple know, yeah. of these guys now. Yeah. So the the issue is is basically this: a lot of teams don't want to get three, four rounds worth of Canadian players because you got to sign them quickly. That's why you see more college players get taken. That's why you see more European players get taken because you don't have to sign them to the entry level contract so soon. That has become an issue in the cap world. So you got to pick and choose how you do it. So there has been a disproportionate amount of Euros picked in the last couple of drafts as a result. But still, a lot of them are good. It's just, yes, it takes time to develop there. And then sometimes it's a crapshoot as to whether they'll accumulate here. It's just the way it is. Okay. I didn't really. That's a good. You make a good point about the about the Canadian players. That's not something I really ever thought of. But I'm getting made fun of because I'm nodding my head. <laughs> well, we agree with Russ. What, what do they want us to do? Not saying, Take our heads. Uh, I like to argue with them, but I like to argue with them other than Hole and Oates. <laughs> Fine, we can disagree on that. Yeah, we can move on. Uh, 
Jacob Truba. Yeah, I heard what you were saying. Listen, I was not as mad as Ranger fans were the last few years. It's because you're sane. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I they're insane. I get it. The minute someone makes $8 million, you're expecting them to score like 60 points and be the best defenseman in the league. But he's not going to change his game. But what he did do, he did step up physically. And now that he's stepped up physically, his offense has come around a little better. And so that's a guy that really in the last year has worked his way into the New York, the Rangers lineup, but just being a New Yorker. It takes time sometimes. Guys come to the city and it's not an automatic, you know, not an automatic that they're going to do well. So I think Gallant's been good for him. And I think he's really stepped up. And now he's feared. I mean, everybody, when anybody, oh, yeah. anytime he hits anybody, they're all saying, ah, it's illegal, you know. He's all over the news, all over the Canadian news. Every time he makes a hit. Oh, and it's I, just dirty. He extended yeah. his arm. Look at this. And teams see that. Yeah. They see those broadcasts and they know he's out there. And that's all you got to do is they know he's Every out there. He needs a guy like, like that. And I, I think the other thing to consider is that his partner has gotten better, which has only made him better. Yeah. I mean, yeah, just I having see. Adam Fox has made everybody better. Right. Yeah, let's, yeah, let's face it. That too. He's otherworldly. World. I will tell you this, though. There's. There's a little bit of concern for me. Um, it, Adam Fox may lead all defensemen in points this year and still not get the Norris because he shouldn't win it back and back, back to back because Kale McCarr may score 30 goals. But, and this is where I, I think the Norris trophy is going to finally come to a head because Fox does everything. He scores the points and he's a better defender than Kale McCarr. Than McCarr. McCarr is an amazing player. Don't no, get no me doubt, wrong. No doubt. But I'm just saying these are things that, like, even people who are arguing the McCarr case were like, yeah, Fox is better shorthanded. Yeah, he's better shorthanded. He's a lot better shorthanded. He, he's really helped the Rangers shorthanded. So I just have a feeling he could not, he might not win it this year and might still be the best defenseman. Well, you know, if he gets the accolades and wins it, fine. As long as we know what he is, I mean, he's going to get other Norris trophies if he continues it like this. I mean, this guy, to me, you know, other than Brian Leach, you know, I haven't seen anybody better back there. And I actually think he may be a bit better defensively than Leach. Not as often. That's fair. I mean, what I always used to say, Leach always had catch-up speed. So if he made a mistake... He was always faster than the other guy and could get back and make a play. Fox doesn't really have to do that. So I think that's a fair statement. Yeah. But Fox will never be what Leach is offensively either. So no, that's what I that's the but the the hockey IQ, as they say, is just off the charts. It is. It's off the charts. Yep. And Definitely. uh we should thank every day that the Rangers acquired Adam Fox because well, it's that league. Long Island. It's, it's when you go to school on Long Island, you're a very smart. They're smart people, like me and, and Russ. Yeah, that's right. We were educated. Yep. Yeah. So yes. Uh, Look, Jim doesn't even want to comment. Yeah, well, comment. I just want to say it's that same Long Island education that made you not smart enough to to not be Jet and Met fans. Well, <laughs> that's true. Well, that's true. Yeah. We don't want to talk about. Can't that. argue that. Uh, Russ, we've had a couple of questions from our chat room, uh, mostly about AV and the Flyers, about what okay. kind of what kind of went down there. Uh, if so you could give us what went down was it was interesting because, like, I've covered a lot of AV, and he did not do well 
with the pandemic. Now, in the bubble, he did, right? But in the bubble, everything was pretty much controlled. Nobody was really going out sick. Nobody was really getting hurt for the most part. You're all in one place. It was very controllable, and they had good results. Last year, he complained a lot about the 56-game season. He complained a lot about not being able to practice. He complained a lot about a lot of things, right? And the season got derailed, and I was like, okay, he may not be adjusting to COVID life in the NHL. And sure enough, this year, again, not off to a great start. They did have plenty of practices, but a lot of injuries, guys in and out. He's playing Zach McEwen, you know, like he's playing other guys that he used to favor in the past. You can name the whole laundry list of them from the Rangers or, or the Canucks. There's always those guys. And I'm not trying to beat on Zach McEwen. He's okay. He's just not a great NHL. But, but the point is, is that he got off track with that. And, and that really did derail the season for them because he just didn't adjust. He wasn't adaptable to having guys out at the last minute. He didn't do a good job last year with Carter Hart. I pointed that out on Twitter when he said he was going to give Hart time off and then had him as the backup and then put him in the game. He gives up some goals, and that really did hurt his psyche for a while. And that was, you know, that was avoidable. And I think he learned from that. This year, he, you know, he was handling that better, but then the other things fell apart. So, yeah, that's the way it is. I don't want to say he's done as a coach because he may not be because he has a lot of wins and someone will probably still hire him. But he's got to change a bit. That's what I'm saying. We were, we were saying last week or the week before, he may wind up back in Montreal. Yeah, it's possible. I, I mean, Gortz is going to need, you know, obviously he's familiar with Jeff Gordon and, and uh, he's going to need a, a conduit to the, to French the, uh, the French speaking. I'm going to teach him French. <laughs> God, that was, that was funny. Schwartz, I don't know if he's going to get another job. Nah, I think he's, I mean, it may happen. I mean, they, but he's worn out his welcome everywhere. Who wants to yeah, hear he has. His style of hockey. I don't know what, I don't even know what. Ah, I just hated him as a Ranger coach. I know I'll, I'm in the, I guess, minority, but that, that hockey was unbearable to watch. Yeah, people, it, it was tough. I mean, you're always on the wrong end. It's, you know, that's, it tires guys out too. I know guys always say they got better under him, but I don't know. I mean, I think. Dan Girardi lost four years off his career. Oh, I think Mark Stahl lost four years off his career. Ryan Callahan. Brian, Brian uh, Callahan, the blocking the shots and all that stuff. Dubinsky. Dubinsky. Yeah, Brandon Dubinsky. He was what a happened? warrior. No question. No doubt about it. What happened to him? Is he uh, on like – is he retired? He, he's like playing. in between. I think he's still getting paid, and then he'll retire. I used to like him – Getting into scraps with Mike Richards, those two hated each other. Yeah, they hated it, and it he used great. to always make fun of Crosby too. Yeah, call him a big baby. Uh, okay. Well, are you? I when, when we've been joking around on the show, calling Chesterk and Chest hurting. Is this going to be a, a constant thing every? I mean, you don't. I know you're not going to look at your crystal ball, but is it worrying you that this guy can't stay healthy? No, not yet. I, I I haven't seen a history of it. He might be one of those guys that feels a little something and then says, you know what? I know my body. Let me nip it in the bud so I'm not out for a whole season instead of just, you know, trying to carry on. They're lucky. You know, Georgiev, the one thing we did learn is he may not be a great backup, 
But when he knows he's the guy for a while, he's still a really good goalie. So they're going to get a good asset for him when they trade him. That is true. When he knows he's the backup, he's El Stenko. But when he knows he's the guy, the savior, if you will, for the team to come in and he's played very well. Yep. Another fragile mindset. <laughs> it's not a fragile mindset. It's just for whatever reason, he and, and that's just his makeup. That's just the way he is. So he's got to be like a one, a one B, not a true backup. Right. And they will have some trade value. What he wants to be Van Beesbrook. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Without putting his wrist through a plate glass. Uh, oh, that was one of the worst injuries ever. Well, he's playing with his kid, right? Or something? Yeah. yeah. There's been a lot of freak injuries in Ranger history. <laughs> <laughs> I remember in Med history. I remember, uh, you remember Mike Vale, right? Oh, sure. Yeah. You remember he was like, he, we had some crazy. 35 game hitting streak, something like that as a yeah. rookie. And then he he played basketball. And he hurt his wrist or something, right? Yeah. And he was he was never the same. But it wasn't like Glenn Allen Hill and the Spiders and running through like a door, like a <laughs> like a screen door or something. I don't forget what he did. He said he had he woke he was sleeping. Then he woke up. He had a dream. And he had spiders all over him. Oh boy. Yeah. Oof. There was a lot more going on with Glenn Allen Hill. Clearly. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. So what Rangers do you think are going to make it? <laughs> you think there's going to be some deals where the Rangers really need to improve or it keep it status quo? I, I get the feeling, Chris, I, I listen, Russ, I talk Turkey on this show. I talk Turkey everywhere. I believe that Chris Jury is both scared and stupid. <laughs> and I believe that he is not going to make a big deal. The only, he didn't do much other than add some toughness which could have been done under the other regime. I think they would have had the brains enough to figure out they need a little bit more muscle, but that's here nor there. Uh, what, who, who do you think, uh, what would you look to fill and maybe maybe some guys you'll, we won't be seeing in the second half whenever that ever happens? I would, if I were them, I would look to, to maybe get a replacement for Patrick Nemeth so Nemeth doesn't have to be an every game guy. I think it was fine to have him at the beginning to kind of help Niels Lundqvist along. I think now you got to get somebody more mobile to help him along because Nemeth in the playoffs, he's, they're going to – opposing teams, when, when the Rangers are on the road, they're going to line up their, their best guys, their fastest guys against him. And you see he's got trouble. So I think, you know, go after someone like Ben Sherratt. Go after somebody like that. If you could get that and, and get that grizzled playoff guy – improve your defense, they might be able to go places, the Rangers. I mean, I still think Florida's the best team in the East, but there's, look, with the Islanders pretty much out of it now, and I think they're out of it. Um, <laughs> uh, you're right, they are out of it. They can't make up this many points. Uh, and, and you look at it and you say, all right, I mean, who can't they beat? Carolina is really good, but I don't like Freddie Anderson in the playoffs as much. I don't like so him. I honestly think, other than you know Florida, there's a lot of teams that could be upset. And if the Rangers were to really fortify their defense, then I think they could be right there with with some of those teams. So yeah, I would go after a Sharat. I mean, you never know with the Flyers if they were out of it, trade Ristolainen into them. I don't know. Maybe if the Rangers could swallow the contract and they didn't have to eat any of it, maybe they would. I don't, you know, so you'd have to look at 
that guys like that, those are these guys are are potential game changers for him. Uh tell me a little bit about Ben Sherratt. What does he bring to the the, the team? If uh, what kind of player? Real defense knows how to play playoff style defense. Plays well in the corners. He still can get the puck up the ice, but he's really a guy that has a sound game, and he's physical. And it's everything Nemeth is, except he's a lot. Fa- he's not a lot faster. Well, compared to Nemeth, he is. Well, yeah, so, he has no offensive skills whatsoever. I mean, I, I said he makes Mark Stahl look like Bobby Orr. Yeah, I mean, it, but and has got a little bit of offensive skill. Yeah, a little. Uh, but uh, but Nemeth, Nemeth. He, he's been solid. I got to say, I mean, I got no problems with him, but you're right. At some point now, we don't, the pause may give these guys a little bit more time to recuperate. He's going to break down. And since they're not playing Lundqvist right now, which primarily he was brought in to kind of, you know, talk Swedish to him and get him acclimated. The thing is Gallant loves him. Gallant loves that he can play both sides. I know. And you see, watch a Ranger game. It's crunch time. It's Nemeth and Trouba out there. Or it's I, he and I. What do you think, both of you guys? What do you think about the win now philosophy in a game at all costs? We're short in the bench. Forget about developing guys in crunch situations. I think there's think- a fine line with it. I, I, if, if. But if he's, you know, if Gallant's trying to say that Nemeth is the best guy to have out there in crunch time, he's wrong. Um, so, but I think there's something to it. I think uh, you should have some guys like Lafreniere out there in crunch time because if you want him truly to be the future, then you do have to give him these chances. And so I do think there's a little bit of that yin and yang there, but there's a way to balance it. But you're right, guys do play favorites. I've just seen too many times where Nemeth really can get skated right around, and it's not hard. Jim, what every, do you- every coach has a circle of trust, Eddie. We've talked about that for a long time, and you know he's Gallant's no different. And right now, he's comfortable with Nemeth out there. He likes Reeves out there towards the end of the game too. I'm going to answer Canna or Kana's question: Should Kana. they try and get Phil Kessel? The answer would be no. Because the food's too good in New York, and Phil's already got issues He's a little there. chunky. <laughs> well, the only thing receding with Phil is his hairline. That's what the Russ is saying right He'd now. He'd be at Nathan's too much. We don't need that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't think the uh, the Rangers, I would love to see them go out and get a center that can win faceoffs. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm trying to think who would be out there. Um, are there any of them that, like, just yeah, you want to know who guy. one is, and and you would never get traded to the Rangers is Claude Giroux. Claude Giroux is great on oh, base. Yeah, he's, he's in his last year, but he ain't coming to the <laughs> Rangers, man. That's never gonna happen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's so funny. Yeah, he's good on faceoffs. Oh no, he's a shark on faceoffs. Um, I'm trying to think. Um, isn't there a Yannick Perot type of guy we can get or? Uh... Yeah, I mean, Josh Bailey's Brett Howden. He's over Josh Bailey's doing the Islanders aren't going to trade with the Rangers. Yeah, um, I don't Jim know. Jim said Brett Howden. Brett Howden, he scored the other night. Oh God, and had an assist. Nice grin. That hurt, right? Oh man, and especially I had I had ridden that guy for two years, and then of course everybody's like, "Oh, see Ed, 
I, no. Everybody remembers what I say. I guess because I say it louder. Another, another guy that's emphatic. Right, you say it louder. That's and emphatic. Like, and you, and, and you say it at least twice. Yeah, I just, I can't. The only thing I could say is there Kevin is a Hayes. point where the Leafs might have to trade Alex Kerfoot. He is really good on faceoffs. He's playing some wing now instead of center. If you could give them what they want, would they trade with the Rangers? Maybe. Maybe. What did the Leafs need? I think they I think they could use another defenseman. I think they also could use now would if they're gonna trade Kerfoot, then they want like another, you know, top six, six left winger type. Something like that. That may be that may be tough. The defenseman the Rangers could could do. So but Kerfer would be a good fit if they could get him. Russ, before we let you go, um, who who right now in the Rangers pipeline? Who's like who's standing out? Well, I mean, if we go World Juniors, Brett Burrard's going to have a big, big role with Team USA. And I just watched him in camp. I was in Plymouth. He looks great. He he does everything for them. Like he he could be an agitator. He could set up guys to score. He can score himself. He's got a lot of talent. He's not the biggest guy, but he skates great. He knows how to get in the play. He really uh, is a guy that's that's impressive. I mean, so so that's a guy. You know, Will Cully, I'm not excited about because I I feel like he's a guy that is getting by with his size in in junior hockey. But he's on Team Canada. He'll get some to ice time with them. So we'll see. We'll see how he develops. I'm not sure if he's just like another big guy or is he really going to be like the real deal. Now, Dylan Garan, their goalie, who is going to be the backup on Team Canada, he's got a lot of potential. He did play in a top prospects game that I got to, what, two years ago now, that is. Hard to believe. It's like, I don't know, maybe I'll get there. No, I won't get there this year because the border. Um, but he was good. Dylan Garan is really good. He's got like a 932 save percentage with Kelowna. He could be the guy that maybe replaces Georgiev. So, you know, Tyler Wall was really good in college, but I just – I don't know if I'm feeling it for him for the NHL. And and Adam Husk is a nice guy. I don't think he's he's an NHL backup quality. Jim hates him. Yeah. So, <laughs> what he's, happened, he's a nice whatever happened to the Whatever happened to the goaltender they drafted a couple of years ago in like the second round? Philip uh, Lindbaum? Blomquist, is it? The Swede? Was, yeah, it was Swedish. But really big, right? Johan Hedberg? No. <laughs> um, yeah, I, from what I remember, he started to tail off a little bit last year. I have not kept up with him this year. Past his prime? No, I don't want to say past his prime because you never know what goalies. Twenty goalies could come around when you're twenty-four and surprise you, like a Bennington. So even though he wasn't getting a chance, but still, he he hung around. Um, no, but I do think Dylan Garan um, does have a lot of potential to to be some sort of NHL goalie. I mean, Shosturkin's the star, but but he could do some sort of role for them. What about the Othman prophecy? Bring yeah, I, I like him. Uh, I could see why Canada didn't take him. I know Ranger fans were like, oh, he snubbed. He, I saw him play um, up close and personal in in New Jersey when – yeah, Olaf Lindblom, that's it. Sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. I had his last name right. I thought I said no. You said no, Lim you said, Lim said Lim you said Lundquist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, yeah. I don't know what happened to him. He 
I had some high hopes for Olaf, but then he's off the radar. But um, I did see um, Othman against the Flyers, rookies against rookies here in uh, in Voorhees, you know, this summer. And he looked good. I think there were times where he um, showed a physical side, showed an offensive side. I still think he's got to put it all together, and I think he will. I don't know if his high is as high as I think it, like the Rangers think it's going to be. There were some other guys on the board I may have liked better, but I do think he's a good player. And Braden Schneider is the real deal. Like the only reason Braden Schneider is not up with the Rangers is because he has to get physically stronger. If yeah, he gonna... looks. I was. I, I totally agree with you. Yeah, he he needs to put on some weight and. Yeah, because if he's going to crash and bang like he does in juniors in the NHL one day, he's got to get sturdier because and then and that's his game. Like that's his bread and butter. So and he does have offense and he looked really good in that scrimmage that I've seen him. And so I am high on Schneider. Always have been. Uh, what about the feeling that Zach Jones should have been up with the Rangers rather than? Uh... I don't think he's quite there. I think Zach Jones is not quite there. I think it's the issue. The issue with him is it's his, in his own end. Like he's terrific on the power play. If you put him there, he's great with the puck. Good puck rusher good deeks, all of that. He does need to get a little better with puck battles. I think the puck battle part is the part that I, I, I'm i not worried about it, but I, he has to improve. So that's where I'm at with him. And uh, we have a question to just uh, uh, from the great Sean McCaff, author Sean McCaff. He's a little. He's got a little bit of an attitude now that he's an author, but I don't know. <laughs> Who I didn't I a, I, at the end, maybe you'll let me have push my tenth book. So yes, you can push a, whatever you want on this program. He wants to know about Carl Henriksen. I like Henriksen. I he's definitely got to get um, stronger, but he he's been good on faceoffs. He's fast. There's a, there's some offense in his game. I feel like with Henriksen, he might be that that center that can win you face-offs and be sort of that defensive shutdown guy more than he's going to be anything else. And so I think if he's going to play that role, which he might, then it's going to be a little while till we see him. But there was somebody else. Uh, well, I do like Matthew Robertson a lot. That's another guy who a lot of size on the blue line, who I think if they give him time, he gets his skating a little better. He could really, uh, he could be something, but but the Rangers have a lot of assets back there. I mean, who's going to be interesting to see who is going to be? You know, you can't play all these guys. They can't. Have I think Morgan Barron's right there. Like I, you know, I thought he should have started the year with them, but let's see what what are Morgan Barron's numbers at the moment? I haven't looked them up lately. Uh, They're Barron. Let's see. Yeah, he's got ten points in twenty in nineteen games, eight goals. He's close. He should be there by next year. I'm a big Morgan Barron guy. He was terrific in college. He's a he's a big guy who could skate. He plays hard in the corners. Now that's a guy that um we could see something really good out of as a bottom six guy. He's probably a fourth line guy, but but you gotta have those guys too. Pajaniemi is the guy that in camp showed off one I of like the best him. shots on the team now. Yeah, he's got a good shot. In the NHL right now, he's got only well, – he's got 13 points and six goals in 22 games. He may need another year in the AHL because he's a smaller guy, but I'm telling you, 
if if he can come up and you put that shot, even if it's on the second power play, it's an impressive. Yes, yes, shot. I agree. Late, uh, late people. Everybody wants to know about Tom O'Runanen. Runanen, I, you know, I'm not sure what's happening with him. He's looked good to me. I, but again, I think Lundqvist kind of jumped his spot. So now I, I think he played well when they called him up last year. He did. I he, thought he did. He did, but Gallant hasn't given him a sniff, right? No. And so I, I kind of wonder. Trust. Circle of trust. Yeah. Look how long it took Libor Hayek to get us to get a shot. All right, but listen. If you want me to pick between Libra Hayek and, and Tom Ryunin, I'm going to pick Ryunin. Oh, Libor. Steve Eiserman <laughs> was laughing the day the Rangers made that trade. He pulled the oh, wool yeah, over their eyes so badly on that trade. Yeah, but you can't blame Libor for that. I think he's been serviceable. <laughs> no, but why were the Rangers asking for him? I could have told him he wasn't going was to the, he, Right, he was key to the deal, right? Well, that's the way they made the deal. Yeah. All right. I think Lee Ball will not be around. I thought Howden could be a decent player. I did. And he just didn't improve the way that he should have. So now you're talking about fourth line or bust for him, you know? Right. Yeah. He stinks. Well, Russ, before we say goodnight, why don't you tell everybody what, uh, what about your book and where yeah, they can find you? These What's days? it all about? Yeah. Yep. So um, now let's see if I get the title right. It's, I believe it's the NBA's top 75 players. Uh, I did it with uh, a couple other guys, Rick Morris and Ben Chu. It's a list book, kind of like Andre Ranger Greats. And I'm the guy that brought in like the older basketball player knowledge, you know. Bernard ADA, King. Uh, yeah, Bernard oh, King. I, but I even, thought you were going to go with uh, uh, what you call it. Jerry John Spinarkle. Jerry West, Will Chamberlain, guys like that. I saw those guys play, you know, and I watched on the island. I watched the ABA tremendously. Like I was nice. huge a Nets fan. I was big Dr. J fan. Uh, my cousin went to school. Was with, awesome. My cousin went to school with Larry Keenan. So I was really, I was really tuned into that team. So anyhow, this book talks about ranks all those players. Has eras where guys are tops in their era. We we talk about we. We numerize that. We um, we give little anecdotal stories. You know, I have stories about some of these guys, and and then they the other two talk about how these guys played and what they did. Uh, we talk about how many you know the, the way that we rank them is kind of like how many scoring titles did they win, how many championships did they win, how many All Star games were they in, all those kinds of things. That's how we came about the list. So, like, you know, at, even at 75, you still have a really great player in my estimation. So, Did Bob know. McAdoo make your list? Yes, he did. <laughs> yes. I had no idea you were such a basketball fan. He's Back fan then, I, I'll tell you when I checked out of basketball, and, and I still cover some events, right, because I like talking to, to young players of all sports. So I don't mind covering, you know, the young NBA players and see who's going to be the next great ones. I still like that, too. But – once the Knicks got Latrell Sprewell, I was out. I did not want a guy who choked out his coach. And I was like, if the Knicks are getting a guy like this, I'm done with him. And that was when I really jumped off the uh, – and I had been a lifelong Knicks fan. So I jumped off about when Clyde Frazier got traded to uh, – or was – Cleveland. Go yeah, he was in Cleveland. Then I said, I, I, Clyde's gone. I can't. Uh, wow. Just... And, you know, Cleveland does not like Walt Frazier. But, again, 
he was eight, he was already like he was so many games. Yeah. He was a different guy. Yeah. No, I, There's I, two I, guys. I, you know what's funny? Rick Morris, the other author, is from Cleveland. And there's two guys he really doesn't like, and one is Clyde Frazier, and the other is Keith Hernandez, because Keith ah. kept hitting those calf injuries in Cleveland and barely ever played for them. Yeah, and I think uh, Keith, <laughs> his average dipped career average dipped under 300 because of those seasons over. There. Oh yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, they were rough. So anyhow, it was fun doing an NBA book. I had never done one, and I'll be honest with you guys, the tenth book was supposed to be a Jets book, and you know what? Thank God it wasn't because we would have had to write nice things about Sam Darnold that probably weren't going to work out. So <laughs> I don't know when the Jets book's coming, but it's going to come one day. I don't know what you could do about the Jets. I mean, uh, I don't know. Is, is there people clamoring for a Jets book? I, I don't mean, know if they're clamoring for it, but I think if you hit the right chord, there's enough fans that would be like, yeah, yeah that was a good time. And yeah, that really sucked. And you know, like it's like any other thing. You could commiserate. You could find, you could find yeah, Tom around. Yeah. Um, well, Russ, thank you so much for being here. When's the book come out? It's oh, out. It's out on Amazon now. In, oh, I'm sorry. In, that's okay. In Kindle format, it just came out today. Like oh, today okay. is literally the day it came out. Um, probably be available in paperback. I'd say in the next week or two, but because of COVID, you never know. Like when you order it, how long it might take. That's, okay. you know, that's why the Kindle, we made sure the Kindle was out first because that one you can get right away. So, yeah, we hope people enjoy it. I just want to ask. Just Russ look up Cohen. my name. I You know, maybe I screwed up the title, but if I didn't, um, just look up Russ Cohen on Amazon. And Russ, I have one more question to ask you. Yeah. Where would you rank the Rangers organization right now as far as prospects go? As far as prospects, you know, I think. Let's see. They have a lot of guys up. I think they're probably, I would say, somewhere like 13, 14. Okay, 15. so they're middle of the pack. I think they're middle of the pack because they graduated a few. Right. So, okay. yeah, I think they're middle of the pack. I think people made them much higher based on Lafreniere and Caco. But until they produce, I can't really, you know, give them that kind of status where – you know, even like Dawson Mercer has come on the scene and burst yeah, on the scene. Yeah, doing very well. And Seth Jarvis has. And so, you know, you have to take that into account. The top 75 players in pro basketball history. All right, so I was close. You were close. Oh. It, was like that, Bob, I, I it was like Bob, that 100 Bob. things title. Sometimes I got it right, sometimes I didn't. <laughs> and, All right, and my the, friend. The Happy first Hanukkah book that comes up for Rob Cohen is still Wild Plants I Have Known and Eaten. I've never met that dude. Never. You want to write a book with him? I should. Because he's got better he's got better Google placement than me, that MFR. That son of a bitch. All right, Russ, thank you so much. Have a great I holiday. Enjoy. It. Hopefully the pause is short and you're back to work soon. Yeah, yeah. Well, I have the world juniors. I, I'm actually not going to be out of work. I'll be fine. There you Good. go. All right. Take care. Thanks again, Russ. We'll talk okay, soon. Thanks for having me. Bye. <clears throat> Always entertaining, Russ Cohen. Got all the I got all the information I need uh, now to. He, he may he, you know he always he's he's one of those guys. Russ always tells you something that you never thought of. You know what I mean? He's a guy that makes you think. I like that.
I like I like I like a guy who can educate me. Oh yeah, I certainly don't know it all. I've never pretended to know it all, but I like but to hear you, about the know, guys. When he, when, when he talks about why teams don't want to draft too many Canadian players, you know, things like it because of the cap issues it creates, things like that. I just put the I just put the be live uh, the uh, guest link in the chat for you guys because I know you wanted it. Keep the change, you filthy animal. Exactly. <laughs> so let me are you a, let me ask you a question. Since we have a brief interlude here, we've done our hockey talk. And are are you a are you a Christmas music guy? Do you listen to Christmas music? No. I mean, I like it. My wife loves it. Right. I'll give you an example. It's not going on, but I think it's one of the universities. I think it might be Valparaiso. They have a dial dial a Christmas carol, live Christmas carols. You dial them up. I think it's twenty four hours a day for like. What's a week. the number? No, it's closed down now. Oh, I know. Next year, I'll give you the number. Let's go do a live on the air like Ron Greshner on that yeah. other show. Oh yeah, you can call them, and they have like students. I guess they get extra credit for whatever, and they'll right. sing any song you want. That's so, awesome. Yeah, it is. And like my favorite Christmas song is Silver Bells. Like I like that song. Right. Uh uh I don't uh, I, I I like it but I don't love it. Okay. Okay, how about you? I love Christmas music. Do you uh, like the the funny ones? Do you like the traditional? Do you like I like both. Wow. I I love the I love some of the Bob Rivers stuff. Uh, the 12 pains of Christmas, uh, didn't I get this last year? That's a classic. That's a great song. If you've never heard it, look it up. Bob Rivers, didn't I get this last year? It's to the tune of, uh, do you hear what I hear? Whatever. <laughs> and I, and I like the old stuff, you know, white Christmas, silver bells. Uh, how I'll be about, home for Christmas. How about the holy song? Uh, I love Bethlehem. Uh, um, that's that one's okay. I'll tell you. Uh, um, the I, drummer boy, one of my favorites. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. Um, I I recently actually I think I found it last year. I don't know when it came out. I, I tend to be a little behind on on well music in general, but Christmas music I found last year. Andre Bocelli had put out a Christmas album, and, and that. That man's voice is just amazing, and he does uh, he does a version of uh, Deste Fidele's, which of course is in Italian, but it's beautiful. I love his voice, and he also does and he also does Jingle Bells with the Muppets. So you got you got to appreciate yeah, you got to right? got to appreciate the that. Muppets. Is okay right. with me. Uh, so yeah, I do like some of the the you know the hymnal songs. Oh come, all you faithful, and you know, Oh holy night. Mm-hmm. Which I which I guess would would classify. Yeah, uh, yeah, that one. I, I'm not a big fan of of sad Christmas songs, and there's a lot of sad right. Christmas songs. Well, Dave Matthews has Dave Matthews has this sure, Christmas. Dave poem. Matthews is sad. I hate Dave Matthews. Uh, well, but he has this song. Where, where Jen and I always make fun of him because you can't understand a word he's saying. But he has this Christmas song that's just so fucking sad. I don't know what it's called. The I think I don't know, but it's so sad. Uh, so I'm not a big fan of say, a blue Christmas. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, the Elvis version's okay, but 
Roy Orbison's got this song. I think it's called Pretty Paper, but it's just so fucking sad. Pretty Paper. It's just you, you want to slit your wrist. You know, I want, you know, I'm like Lucy and Charlie Brown Christmas. Don't you know ho 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 and jingle bells and all of that? You know. I hate Lucy. I hate Charlie Brown. You hate Charlie Brown? Fucking worse. Talk about depressing. What a you don't mo- like Charlie Brown Christmas? I hate everything Charlie Brown. Oh, wow. This is this is big news. 12 years I know this man. I never knew this. I hate it. That fucking great pumpkin is the most depressing bullshit. It, wah, 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 wah. It's stupid. I do like Snoopy, but there's so little Snoopy in the fucking show. It's not worth it. No, sorry. Not, not buying it. And Snoopy uh, plays hockey. Go to S. I know. And <laughs> SNL. Watch uh, your rat bastard, Charlie Brown. That's the greatest parody of what that show really is about. Uh, <laughs> no, I know. I know a better Peanuts parody that's on YouTube, but I can't say what it is. I'm sorry. I don't like the fucking show. It's boring. It's bad animation. It's okay. It every fucking day when I was in fucking when I was young, and it sucks. All right. So do you Lucy's like? Lucy's a bitch. All right. Lucy is totally. Against China, Ooh, a little fucking. This is moment. fantastic. Or what about what about playing the piano and the, the kids will and the other guy? Schroeder. The theme is really good. The Peanut theme is a okay with me, and I like. But the rest, every character is worthless. <laughs> wow. All right, I don't so like what, it. I'm sorry. I just don't. <laughs> and then, then he, the comic. Remember the comic? Who the fuck? What? What was read that? I don't even read comics anymore. There's no papers anymore. But right, nobody reads paper anymore. You used to get the Sunday funnies. Very good song. The Daily News Sunday funnies. They were in color. That was the best. No, cut a Charlie Brown is not the ultimate underdog. Underdog is the ultimate underdog. That's right. Beetle Bailey was the ultimate underdog. Yeah. Fucking Charlie Brown is a loser. He's a simp, a sap. Wow. I don't like the show. It kill me. Kill me. I don't like the show. Uh, it's okay. We can have everybody can like different things. Uh, what about Christmas movies? Do you like Christmas movies? I like a couple of them. Old ones or newer ones? The one with the heat miser. The year without a Santa Claus. Yeah, I like because of that that whole shtick and Mother Nature. That's a pretty good bit. Uh, And the Christmas Carol, the classic by Dickens. I don't have a favorite. I couldn't tell you. Uh, I don't know. There's some shit out there I don't like. I like the one with Tim Allen, believe it or not. The Santa Claus. Yeah, I like that one. That's a great movie. And I know you guys are going to kill me when I divulge this. Because it's, it's it's in the part of our show. I have never seen the Vacation movies. The Christmas movie. You've never seen Christmas Vacation? I have never. I only saw a little bit of it when I was getting my uh, car worked on. What a the perfect segment. When Randy Quaid is, uh, he's visiting the house and he has a 
some wreck in the driveway. At there's an RV. Yeah, he traded. I traded it with my friend. He got the house. I got the RV. But don't yeah, you go getting too I, attached to it because we're taking it with us when we leave here next month. And then All right. Speaking out. of Christmas vacation, everybody was everybody wanted to hear this. It's it, it's become a holiday tradition. <laughs> so we can't, speaking of Christmas vacation, this is the only part of Christmas vacation that he's ever seen with the Brian yes. Boyle rant. It's Brian fucking Boyle. How many years on this show did we spend making fun of Brian fucking Boyle? And then he shoved it up our ass. He shoved it up our ass last night, Costa. And it hurt. It hurt bad. Sideways. Brian fucking Boyle. Scoring on the Olympic He's a terrible fucking hockey player. He's terrible. I have never seen that part, but I know. I guess that's when he finally has enough of all the shit he's making the whole movie. Oh, wait a minute. There we go. Sorry. The next YouTube video started. All right, you want to talk to Rock? Yeah, let's talk. We haven't talked to Rock in a long time. Man. What's up, Rock? Now, one thing I have to say about Rock is Rock and I both share an affinity for. Uh, one of our favorite Christmas movies is The Bishop's Wife. I may have seen this. Let me look it up. Rock, we can't hear you. Oh, oh. wait. Okay. There you, you are. Sorry. Yes. What's the going Bishop's on, Rock? Wife, I, I actually just watched it the other night. It's it's an absolute classic movie. I love that movie. That's 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 usually our our traditional first movie in this house. Yeah. We usually watch like the day after Thanksgiving. That's Jen had never seen it until I until I showed it to her. She loves that movie now. It, I, it's 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 vintage Cary Grant, um, <laughs> just an absolute. And the the skating scene where he skates with with James and Gleason and and uh, Loretta Young. I mean, it's just an absolutely phenomenal. And it's so movie. obvious that it's not him. Well, they said he could skate, so I, I looked this up. He could skate. So the early shots of him moving around, he actually can skate a little bit, but obviously the, the moves, the, the, the crazy yeah, if things you watch he did the, on the ice. The were trick not shots. Him. It's not, no. you could, you could tell it's no. not him. The guy's no, shorter. Not. He's got more hair. He's yeah. younger. Yeah. 
So anyway, believe it or I not, I, I'm sure you know this, but originally they had um, David Nevin was supposed to play the angel. I did know that. Yes. Yeah. So I figured you knew do that. Um, I, I did know but that. It's just a it's just a great movie. I mean, great casting and just a phenomenal movie. It it really is. It's one of my faves. I've so, never what? seen this movie. <laughs> I just never There's saw a, it. The, I'm, not, I'm not opposed to seeing it. That's okay. Eddie, I mean, listen. If you like, if you like old movies, I mean, it's it's a it's a really yeah. Good yeah I can dig an old movie. Nineteen forty eight, it was made. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The yeah. year after, uh, it's a wonderful life, I think. And actually, Zuzu, who um, was in a, it's a wonderful life, was the daughter in the movie, also. Oh, okay. Fight. And and the kid who's the the head of the snowball fight, yes. he's the young George Bailey. Correct. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, crossover. You know. Yeah, crossover there. <laughs> right, right. But it is a great movie. Absolutely great movie. Great flow. Just the way it's now, done. Now, is this it's broadcast like uh, all time or just like Turner Classic Movie? It's actually movie? free if you have Amazon Prime. Yeah, it's on uh, Prime. It's I got that. Right. Yeah. Now. Yeah, I think yeah, you but, can uh, catch uh, uh, the lockout, not the lockout, the uh, canceled, the pause on uh, Hulu right now. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody flipped out about that. Come on, we didn't talk about that. That Ranger game be on ESPN Plus. Oh, oh yeah. my god! Oh, people. Lost you know what? They life. probably they did. They did a lot of people a favor by not putting the game on. So <laughs> that's true. It's fine. And you know what's funny is that the person who lost his mind the most about it was Robbie Robbie Giambardo, who's twenty two years old. Yeah. You'd think he'd be the most excited about a game streaming. You know, he's supposed to be the right. the young, the new wave. You know, the and everybody's like, "What the fuck's the problem? Everything streams. What's the he big?" He probably deal? doesn't have the fourteen dollars a month to pay for, uh, you know, That's Disney true. Plus and, <laughs> right. and you know all that other stuff. That's probably yeah. I got the Hulu bundle. Yeah, what that's what I got. Yeah, I mean, it's uh... well, that game was doomed from the beginning. Yeah. I'm gonna tell you why. The that play by play guy that Bob was using. I've been listening to Jet Games on the radio for like the last thirty years. This guy is the voice of losing. Anything he announces for me, it's it's either a jet interception, the Jets fumble, it's a butt fumble. With shoes, and you mixed it right from the beginning. But I will say, and I don't know if you guys saw the game, I thought the clarity in the picture of the game was phenomenal. Did you guys see this? They game? showed different angles than the MSG show. They they showed angles from behind the net. Yeah, people um, are complaining about that too. I, I which I don't like. I, I don't I like, like that it. power. I mean, play. maybe I'm just I'm just a purist. I I there's a lot of things. You know, when I watch a game, I like my angles the way they've always been. I don't like them changing things. I don't like seeing it from a certain way. But uh, you know, everyone has their well, own you're opinion. You're a big time podcaster now. You're running that uh, that <laughs> big show over there. Yeah. Right. Yeah, well, we've had we're, my my partner right now, uh, Sean Stein. He's in uh, COVID protocol right now, so uh, we haven't been able to. Well, we yeah, hope he gets better. Yeah, so uh, uh, we haven't been able to put something together. Wow, well, uh, I mean, well, I know you. Uh, they're yeah. like the they're like the Jeffersons. Yeah, good point. We're like it's a good one. the family of podcasts. You are. Uh, you definitely you know, are. You guys with Sean have a podcast. Brian Atard has a podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah we're definitely the first. We're the all in the family. Uh, these, no, but these guys I'd listen to. Brian Atard, I'm not so sure. But I, I listen to these guys. Thank no, you. Brian, we appreciate it. I we love Brian. I'm only any, any, uh, it's great. But uh, 
Listen, we can talk about Christmas movies all night. I mean, there's there's a ton. I mean, there's well, a lot I, of I, You have, can talk with Jim you about see, them. What do you uh, think of A Miracle on 34th Street? I like that. No, I love that movie. We just watched it has that. To, and, but it has to be in black and white. The has, yeah, the black and white version. Have you ever seen? Have you ever seen the version with? Uh, uh, oh, uh, I, shit, I, I lost his name. Sebastian Cabot. Oh, the guy from Family Affair. Mister no, Fred, yeah, the that. guy that played. Oh, Rock, you froze. Yeah. Am I? Can you hear me still though? Yeah. Yeah, I can still hear you. Yeah, I don't know. Good pictures, so just talk. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Um. I have not seen that one. What year did that one come out? Early seventies. I think it was actually a TV movie. I've only watched it once. It's not. It's not that good. No, I'll only watch the original. Yeah. Yeah. No. I mean, it's uh, it's one of my go-to favorites, and it's it's funny. He he actually won a, a supporting actor for that role. Um, yeah. Which is amazing for playing Santa Claus in a movie. So, and who played the girl in cool. it? A famous actress, Natalie Wood. Is Natalie that Wood. Natalie Wood is the yeah. is the little girl, and Maureen O'Hara is the mother. And of hubba, course, hubba. she's fantastic. Maureen yeah, she's O'Hara. fantastic. Holy moly! And she was a little uh, sex kitten back in the day. <laughs> she just passed away not that long ago. Not that yeah, long. Yeah, four, yeah. Five, four or five years ago, she was in her late nineties. What about this controversy that Die Hard is not a Christmas movie? Where it's not a Christmas them? movie. Uh, you, you know what? Uh, People, people have to. Why do? Why do I have to have this forced down my throat every fucking year that people think Die Hard is a Christmas movie? If you think it's a Christmas movie and you like watching it at Christmas, That's fine. It. I don't care. Go right I ahead. I think it's a Christmas. I like movie. to get people. But, it's, but, but every, I, everywhere I look, it's it's forced down my throat. This is the only Christmas movie there is. Get the fuck out of here. Who the fuck cares? Go watch it. Lethal Weapon. By the same token, Lethal Weapon's a Christmas movie. Grumpy Old Men is a Christmas movie. Who cares? Yeah. Watch what you want to watch. Exactly. Every exactly. every year, it's all over social media. Oh, it's not it's not Christmas until Hans Gruber falls off the the tower. Who cares? Because it happened at a Christmas party. It's a Christmas movie, right? And that's fine. I get it. It's it fine. Christmas me- it doesn't have a Christmas message. Shouldn't a <laughs> there's Christmas no Christmas theme to that movie message? at all? Right. Uh, no, I'm not sure. I mean, I mean, at least lethal weapon. The, the, when the girl jumps off the ledge in the beginning, jingle a uh, jingle bell rock is one. <laughs> and she jumps off the if she goes off the ledge, and the house is decorated for Christmas. But every it it's every is. year, I gotta I gotta hear from like uh, it's all over the place. It's Die Hard is my favorite Christmas movie. Okay, great. Godfather, Michael and and Kay are walking outside the uh, Fao Schwartz or whatever they're walking outside. Is that a Christmas movie? No. Yeah, well, the, the uh, new movie they just put out the Saint, the Saints, and the Saints in Newark at the funeral. They're playing whatever happened at Christmas yeah. by Sinatra. I mean, I, I mean, you can go on and on about this. Right. I'm not even sure that's the Sopranos movie. That movie. <laughs> <laughs> no, not was not a fan, but I heard well, that you have to watch it at least one more time to 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 give yourself no. a valid opinion. With that. I don't so, need two and a half of my. Know. I'm not. No, I've seen it. I've seen enough. Yeah. All right, let's talk some enough. hockey now that we got you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I know you were you were posing the question on the interwebs. Are uh, the Rangers a team that can't close games now? What do I, you um, think? I, I go back and forth with this. I mean, I, I I think the expectations are through the roof right now. I think if we would have came into this season and they were in the in the thick of things, fighting for a playoff spot, I think most of us would be thrilled about that. But I think the fact that they um, you know, came out of the gate so well and are playing so, so good and are in the tops of the league 
you expected more. And I feel they've come up, they've come up lame against on, against good teams. They've blown multiple leads, third period leads, two goal leads on on many of occasions. And you know, I think the expectations are through the roof at this point. So when I originally posed that question, I was like, you know, I was disappointed. I was pissed. I was annoyed about the Vegas game. And I said, you know, what what do we expect from this team? What what's the what's the uh, expectations? Are we are we concerned about them not holding leads? And I think the the biggest question, and I guess the ultimate answer is no. I mean, we we shouldn't be concerned. The team is still young. The team is still learning. Um, you know, guys have been in and out. I mean, obviously Shishurkin's been hurt, and they went six three and one with him. You know, being injured, which I think we would all sign up for. And the Absolutely. you know three of the losses were against very good teams. So I mean, like I said, I mean you look you look at their losses this season, especially their regulation losses. They were all against top end teams, and then you look about you look at the the Edmonton loss and the uh, Vancouver loss in overtime, and they had two goal a two goal lead going into those into the third period in both of those games, and they blew it. Right. So I think the team is young. They need to address Dryden Hunt needs to get off those top two lines. God bless him. God bless his effort. God bless everything he's given them. He's not. He's hurting Panarin and Strom. He's hurting that line. He's, he can't better, handle the puck. He's better than I thought he would be, right. but he's not a top six guy. No, he's hurting that line. Kratzoff leaving, and I did not see that here at the beginning of the show, and I'm sure you addressed this. Kratzoff leaving and going to the KHL completely derailed their top nine. Yes. Long term. Because you go down to Hartford. And no pun intended, Morgan Barron is it. Otherwise, they're Barron down there from the from the forward perspective. There's nothing. There's nothing down. And there's no other forward down there other than Morgan Barron that you can call up, call up and plug into your bottom six to play. And you can and you really can't move anyone up. I mean, they tried moving Goudreau up. It didn't work. Maybe they'll move Heedle up to the, to the, to play on that line. You can't. You can't. You have to try something because you get nothing right. out of him. Right. I mean, you guys said it. I mean, this is fifth season. And it, you're not seeing any progression. Yeah, we, we mentioned that last week or the I week know, before. It, it just kind of snuck up on it. It was like all of a sudden, like, holy shit, this is his fifth year. We're, five years we're waiting on this guy now? Yeah. He can't finish. I mean, how many games, guys? I mean, how many games have we seen? He gets robbed three times a season that I can think of. I mean, robbed, flat out robbed. Goalie sticks his stick out. It hits the nub of his stick and goes all, over the net. Either that or he, he shoots the puck wide. You know, there's uh, it, it's frustrating because the kid has talent. The goalie is completely out of. Oh, the that's yes, that too. But this team has been guilty of that all season. I mean, how many robs we seen? We saw Jeremy Swayman had three in the Boston game alone that they won. That game should have been a blowout. You saw the the the, the Finnish goalie against Buffalo. Rob Kreider on the doorstep. Matt Murray did twice. at the beginning of the year. I, that, that was the game I was just trying to think of. Kreider got robbed twice in that game. Yeah, Ottawa. And they were lucky to come back and beat that team. The, the other, the other thing with is we used to criticize them because they're like, you know, they play always played well and they lose. Well, now they're not playing their greatest and they're winning. Right. So, you know, where's where's the line where you should you you got to kind of have to take the good with the bad. Right. It is what it is. And go and yeah, that's it. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. You know, it it sucks when that they play such a great second period against Vegas and you kind of feel like they're in the driver's seat of the game and then all of a sudden it's tied because Heedle 
blows his assignment as far as I'm concerned. He should have never right. went out to that defenseman, whatever. And then they lose. The shootout is fantastic. I'm not shootout. The three-on-three three is fantastic. Yeah. I mean, come on. You, that three-on-three three was insane. Yeah. It was, it was very insane. reminiscent of the, the Toronto overtime that they yes. won. Yes. And th that's, that's you know. And there were they're, articles. They're still... Articles everywhere about how the three-on-three three needs to be fixed because teams just lollygag and hold on to the puck. And you get something like that, and it's spectacular. Right. My faith is renewed. Well, well yeah, because what happens is what happens is you, the the three on three starts, and you've got one team trying to can just play keep away to the point where you know now it's become a a, 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 a set play uh, for lack of a better term, where the defenseman drops the puck back to the goalie, you know, on a pass. I'm still waiting for that to backfire on somebody, <laughs> but uh, but the you know they'll drop the puck back so the teams can change. And and it's it they they tend to start off very conservative while one team plays keep away, but then it's it seems like then uh, the other team will make a uh, get a takeaway, and then all hell breaks loose at both ends of the ice. It's like it, something just triggered. They they seem very formulatic, or for, formulatic, whatever that word is. Hmm. Uh, it seems like you, they right they start off one team playing very conservative, trying to play keep away. And just waiting for something to to just kind of spring them, but then there's a takeaway, and the puck goes the other way, and then all hell breaks loose both ways. Right. I mean, that that was just insane against Vegas, especially the way they played the third, the, the way the Rangers played the third period in that game, which was terrible. Uh, I think they had I think they had two shots on goal, one of them coming from Ryan Lindgren with about I think about a minute and a half or two minutes to go in the game, uh, and then for a third period, you know. I, I, I'm not. Vegas I'm not the biggest fan of the three on three. three, on three. Period. Uh, they had three you know, shots total in the third period of that game. Uh, it was. It was it. I'm not. I'm not the biggest fan of the three on three. I love watching it. It's heart stopping. It's great, but I, I'd still rather watch ten minutes of that than watch a shootout. I agree. I just and yeah, and the Rangers shootout. Out. Who was in that? Um, it was, I hated uh, the Rangers selections in the shootout. By the way, it was it was Kako. Kako. Zabinajad and Strom. Guy's got five yeah. goals. Zabinajad, I could see he had a good game. And who was the last guy? Strom. Uh, Strom. You had no Panarin. All right, you had no. Panarin. I mean, I know Chris Kreider stinks on breakaways, but when you have your leading goal scorer and he's not even in the fucking equation for shootouts, didn't we? Didn't we witness Chris Kreider's first shootout attempt this year? Or the Devils. Something? The Devils game. Yeah. Right. The Devils game. Yeah. I didn't like the Kako. Why? We were character building. Uh, he's got five goals. How many guys have? How many guys have a lot of goals on this team? I mean, Chris Kreider has eighteen, right. and I think the next closest guy has nine. You know, why not? I would just put Adam Fox up there first. Maybe. I, I, mean, I, listen, I don't have a problem with no Panarin. I don't have a problem with the guys they picked. All right, they're very thin. They're very thin. They don't, they don't mean, have a lot of Panarin, have Listen, no any team that loses – well, I'm sorry. What were you saying? I was going to say, other than Zabinijad, they really have no guys who can – I mean, Panarin's great in the shootout. Mm -hmm. But he hasn't shown a lot of finish. He's more of a passer here. It doesn't seem like, you know – It's more of the same. Yeah, it's – it's whatever. So what were you going to say, Rob? No, I was just going to say, you take you take your best player out. I, I said they look very thin. But you take your best player out of any, any lineup, I guess – you're going to look thin and you're going to look 
you're going to look weak up front anyway. But the right. team without Panarin just looks like, you know, they think they win a game. But they played yeah. Vegas tough. I mean, they got a point. I mean, so what more, I, I don't at. know what else. There's really – the team had played, I don't know, what, 12 games uh, – uh, nine games and 12 nights or thir- nine games and 13 nights, something crazy like that. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah. I said at the top of the show, I mean, they played three the, – the, the last three games, they haven't, they haven't really played well at all and still managed to get three points out of it. So, oh, the Arizona game, I I, sh- I mean – That was a heist. Docked to see <laughs> the, the, how poorly they played in that game. They should have ran over them. You know, and, uh, you know, I mean, I mean, a, a bad team. I, I mean, Arizona's a bad team. The, the, I'm sure the crowd was 75% Ranger fans. Uh, to play like that, I don't know. I mean, you know, it was just. The uh, thing that seems to be a carryover that I we've seen now for three coaches, the first period, they just don't show up. I mean, it doesn't matter who the coach is behind the net. They, I mean, with the exception of the Philly game, they have not played well in the first period. I mean, if you, I mean, even the Colorado game, they were up two to one, and they were fortunate to be up two to one. They got hit eighteen shots on goal in the first period. Right. I mean, this team comes out in the first period and they are completely dominated every single game. Now, what is that? Is that preparation? Is it just they know that they can just turn it on whenever they want? But we've seen it under Quinn. We saw it under AV. This team is not ready to start games. And one of these days, it's going to come back to bite them in the ass. They're going to get four goals in the first period and not be able to come back. So I don't I know. I don't know what the, what the process is with that. I would have to look at the players who played for under those three coaches. I mean, at this point, uh, I thought the Rangers predominantly before Shesterk and Ellis Shesterk and got barraged in the first couple of weeks. No doubt about it. But I felt like they rectified that goal before I sit down thing that was happening under Quinn. You know, you yeah. see, see and the puck would be in the net. You're like, what the fuck just happened here? You know, but a lot of things have broken down. But I'm I'm going with your positive vibe because they've been doing this without their starting goalie. And a lot of teams, they can't even keep their heads above water once they lose their starter. Right, and they're doing it with Dryden Hunt on their second line. I know, but with a fourth line player, he's got a good motor. Second line, he's got a good motor. I mean, until they address that problem, they're not going anywhere. There's no way. There's no way that this they can sustain that. Well, you could have. You know, you can you can you can have Dryden Hunt play against Philly, against the Islanders, against you know Phoenix or the bad teams. But when it comes down to crunch time, and you're putting, he's playing. I mean, Panera's their, their best player. So most matchups are going to go through him. So when you're matching up against Roman Yossi and, you know, Drew Doughty and all the great defensemen in the league, Dryden Hunt just can't he, can't, he can't hold on to the puck against bad defensemen. He's going to play against good defensemen. They need to address that. And until they do, to me, this team is going to fall short. Yeah, again, we'll it, see. it's the coach's favorites. We saw Jesper Foss. There's no one else to put there. You, you can't, Lafreniere can't play on his off wing. We've already established that. He doesn't want to do it. He's not comfortable with it. They're not going to force it. I mean, maybe eventually they'll put Gautier up there. They'll give him a shot. But I think they like Hunt because he digs in the corner and he does dirty work. So that right. stuff Gautier doesn't do. So pick your poison. Well, well I still I think still, the Rangers... I still think, we, I still think we might see Lafreniere get a shot at center at some point. think so. Maybe. Maybe wow. you never know. I mean, they 
to, I just don't understand the drafting of the the, the drafting of this team. <laughs> I just to me the logic behind it. You know, you, you brought up Olaf Limbaum. I mean, their 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 strategy in picking goalies in the second round has not worked in the last you know fifteen years. I mean, Brendan Halverson, Anton Lafleur, just to name a couple. Yeah. Um, and they just refuse to draft Centerman. I just don't get it. Every team in this league, look at Vegas. They paid a king's ransom. They gave up Peyton Krebs to get Jack Eichel. You do need a, you need elite centers to win. I mean, teams don't win without elite centermen down the middle. I mean, just look at, I mean, with maybe the exception of St. Louis, every team that's won the cup in the last 15 so, years has had a, have been so strong down the middle. Okay, okay. Well, so you're not sold on Zabinajad being elite? I don't. I'm not sold but on Ryan Strom yet. He's elite. This is this is my problem, and I and I've said this a magnitude of times. When the games get big and the games get tough, so far their big players have come up small. In the bubble last year against the Islanders, last year against Boston at the end of the year, you know Washington to start this season, um, Colorado twice. Every time a t a game has gotten hard or tough. Their big boys have vanished. You don't notice them. You don't see them on the ice. They're just non-existent. So until those guys show me that they can play in a big spot, I'm not going to trust it and I'll believe it. And that's why I told people, I go, listen, Ryan Strom's a nice player. He's a great guy. I've met him personally. He's a, a wonderful person and a wonderful teammate. I'm not sure if this team, as presently constituted in their top six, are good enough to win a championship. I don't. But I have to see they it. be held to that degree. I mean, I'm looking at just making the playoffs. Are they good enough to make the playoffs? They're good enough to make the playoffs. They're good enough to make the playoffs. Yeah, and that's and isn't I think that's that good the enough goal to make the playoffs this year. I understand that, but when you start tying up big money, into, now you already tied up Zabinajad, so you now you, you you're stuck. You, I'm not saying you're stuck, but you got you have him locked up. Now you want to lock up Ryan Strom for possibly five years. That's going to come at the expense of other people and other, other moves you can't make. So now you lock up Strom this offseason. You, you have essentially the same team this year you're going to have next year because you have zero cap space. Right. So you got to figure out if whether or not this, these, this core group of guys, as presently constituted, can win a big game before you start locking up all these guys long term. Panarin included. Panarin's not come up big in big games the last two years. His first season, he was money. Islanders, Washington, Boston, you name it, he came up big. Last year, this year, not as much. We all see it. Guys hit the age of 30, they start creeping down. I don't care who you are, unless you're maybe Ovechkin. Right. But that's it. Or Until I see that, I'm not I'm not going to be convinced. Well, I think the, the, the hope is from there, thing is Kako and Lafreniere have to step up. That's what they've counted on. You can keep right. it status quo, but if Lafaniere is scoring 25 to 30 goals and Kako's in the 20 to 25 range, everything is solved. But that's not happening. And so the, what the thing is, the, you know, Eddie, the, the problem I think right now is the they're not lining up properly right now. You got Zabinajet, Panarin, Strom, Kreider. Their young players are not ready to take that next step yet. They're just, they're not there yet. They're too young. If they were 22, 23, 24, and they were in their, their meat of their 20s, but you got Lafreniere, who's 19, you got Kaka, who's 20, you know, Heedle's still fairly young at 22, 
you know, um, Miller's 21. I mean, they still got a lot of Lundquist is 21. So their young players are have not been able to take that next step to help push and help help to help the older players to take it to that next level. You're still relying, and for everyone that wanted Chris Kreider and Jacob Truba and and Zabinijad and Strom and all these guys gone, they're essentially carrying the team. Especially Kreider and Truba. Without yeah. those two guys this year, and, and obviously Igor, this team would be would be I don't know where they'd be right now. They're essentially carrying this team. So we'll uh, see. Hopefully the pause will end soon and we'll get to see what actually happens. But I don't think it's going to help the Rangers. The pause, I don't think the pause is going to help anybody. I mean, I know everybody's saying all oh, Rangers get healthy, but right, so everybody and else. Costa makes a great point. I don't know who they get. It's who they get. The problem is, is do you want to keep locking up guys who you who you know can't get you to the next level? They don't know that yet because they've only the only thing we've seen is how this team played in the bubble and they did not play well and they've not played oh, well against terrible. good teams. But we'll see. The second half of the season, now listen, they come back, they play Detroit, which is going to hopefully be a nice tune-up game to get the rust off. And then it's a whirlwind, guys. It's Florida, Tampa, Tampa, Edmonton. And I think they play Vegas. So you're talking about and and uh you're talking about five, six games in a row where if you're not on your game, you you know, they can lose a lot of points right there. So All we're right. gonna definitely see what this team is made of. They're gonna be healthy and ready to roll. Quick thoughts on Gallant. I had the. Uh... I I I like him. I I I think, like you said, he's a little too rely reliant on certain players. Barkley Goodrow playing on the three on three makes no sense to me. I don't get it. I don't understand it. He has zero. I mean, w let's put it this way. I saw more offensive talent out of Freddie Shustrom and Harry York oh, than I, I see now. out of I'm leaving Barkley Goodrow. He is not offensively gifted. He's you invoke the name of Freddie Schuster, Harry York. The these he is an absolute wonder. Harry York was on Bewitched, wasn't he? <laughs> That's Dick York. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah, Dick York. <laughs> um, but um, he's great in the penalty kill. He's great on five on five. He digs in the corners. He has the hands. I mean, he just can't. He can't stick. Can't. He can't shoot. It's just that's not his thing. He should not be playing on the three-on-three. Three. So that's my first beef. I think as well as Ryan Reeves has played, I think he pounds them out there way too much. You're going to wear this well, guy you down. Hate 34 it, years old. Let me just say, you I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of the goon hockey player that can only fight. He's terrible. He's well this year. I'll, I'll, I'll eat crow. He's played much better than I ever expected him to. Me too. Much better than I ever expected him to. But I want to save the guy, too. He's not. This guy's not used to playing eighty games. No, no, you're right. You can't play this guy eighty games. Well, he never fights. So you don't have to worry good... about that. All right. So let me ask you this. So against against uh, a really good opponent, like I don't know, Florida or or Carolina, do you need do you need Ryan Reeves in the lineup? Wouldn't no. you rather have another guy like similar to like Kevin Rooney, or you get a um, a guy to take Hunt's spot and Hunt plays on your fourth line? I mean, I understand Reeves has been great. He's drawn, he's drawn penalties. He's he's had made some phenomenal plays. He's impressed me more than I ever imagined him to. But he's not an eighty game player. He's also and if you want this guy for the big games to play well, 
And it also didn't help that he got his ass kicked the other night against, against Colorado. That guy ragged all A little rusty. A little rusty. But uh, I'm, I'm, I am think Reeves definitely played better than I thought he would. So I'm, I'll definitely give him that. But I know we'll see. I mean, well, you know, it, I, I, I'm not. But uh, you, to answer your question, I do like Gallant. I do like Gallant, uh, what he's done so far. I think he's, you like Gallant he's pushed the right buttons. Because there seems to be a controversy on how to say Gallant. I guess it's Gallant. Not, it's I mean, been, been Gallant for 35 Gallant years. For now we're years. Gonna... The Rangers just scored. <laughs> Actually, that means that means Jen just texted me. She has the goal oh, okay. for a text tone. Well, Rock, Wait, the, I gotta yo, say, your goal horn thing went off. No, that's my text tone for her. Is is oh, the goal horn? See, there cool. she goes again. That's very cool. <laughs> that's awesome. So Am yeah, so now we, all of a sudden he's Gallant now. So all right, whatever. Joe was calling him Gallant the other night. All well, of a sudden, Gallant now apparently. Yeah, they're calling him Gallant now. All right. the beat writers, it came out, and someone was calling him Gallant. And then all the B writers asked them, well, what is the name? It's really pronounced Gallant, but I don't really care what you call me. It's Gallant. I mean, he's Gallant for 40 years, and now all of a sudden he's Gallant. Now, okay. it's, it's just the <laughs> same thing with that Thomas Hurdle shit. That fucking... Oh, Thomas Hurdle? Thomas. Who was the, the guy the other night they were talking about his name for a half hour? Oh, wow. Dadnoff. Dandenoff, yeah. It was Dananoff. It's Dana. Uh, what is how do they pronounce it now? It's, it was Dandanoff for five Dunno. years or ten years. How long the guys played? Now with uh, Dananoff. Joe, we might have, to get, might have to get John Giannone to ask him on the bench. How do you pronounce his name? What about Boris and Dmitri Miranov? One of them was Miranov. The other one was Moranov. Yeah, <laughs> I mean they're brothers. They both they pronounce their names differently. And it's so funny <laughs> with that Thomas Hurdle. He scored what did he score? Four so goals much. against the Rangers, I think, in 2013. He ended Marty Baron's career. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He sent Baron into retirement. Yeah. And I'm watching, I'm watching like NHL network, and he's on there. And he's like, Hi, I'm Thomas Hurdle. I scored four goals against the New York Rangers. He says, Thomas, why are you Sam? It's not Thomas. Stop looking at that media guide, you moron. And there's like, a guy on how would they realize there was no ref? There was only one ref for two periods in the other game. That was it's bad. It's so bad. You we know, though, you say to yourself, I missed something there, Joe. Oh, God. That was the so best. bad. You didn't realize why there were three players on on an overtime. It was a preseason game, and he forgot it, they went three on three in the overtime. He goes, am I missing something here? Am I missing Joe? something? Did they take a penalty? <laughs> the, the, yeah. the, best, the, the best part about that was they didn't even notice that there was a referee missing. They had to be told there was a right. referee missing. But yeah, he got what he got stuck stuck somewhere. I, I don't know. I forgot what happened with that. He was in a house of oh, God. I just for the life of me don't understand even how Joel Nicoletti has a job with the Rangers. I, I St. Louis Blue is doing color. For the New York Rangers, an original six franchise. I understand the history isn't rich. We don't have a lot of championships, but I just, for the life of me, can't figure out how a St. Louis Blue is doing color for the Rangers. It'll Bring back Expo to do the color. I will take any ex Ranger to do the color. I want to hear stories. I want to people that know about the franchise. He knows nothing about the history of the team. No, right. No. Terrible. He's a St. Louis Blue. 
It's like the airing oh, of grievances, so like the fest. <laughs> it's so bad. All right, All right Rock. Rock. We'll have right. a guys, Merry Christmas. To wrap this up. Yes, Merry Christmas. Happy Merry New Year. Christmas if I don't talk to you, to you, it was a pleasure talking to you guys. I Good apologize. I haven't you. been on. The no, baby's eating at 7 p.m. So a lot of times I'm I'm burnt by then. Oh, so I don't I don't doubt. It was great right. talking to you though. Take, Take care. care Keep me posted. I'll talk to you later. All right. Bye. Good night. All right. Let's talk to Connor real quick. We'll wrap this up. We're over two hours here today. Uh, free. Free. Oh, by My the wife, way, you open the back and like, oh, you're taking too long. <laughs> she actually doesn't sound like that, and she didn't say it like that. But. Keep the change. What's going on with you, Connor? Oh, Can't hear you. He's muted. You're muted. I have to mute. Can you? I have to mute everybody when they come up on the when they come up in our studio, because as soon as they come up in the studio, you can hear them. You can't oh, see okay. them, but you can hear them. So sometimes this is the first time I ever yawned on the air. Joe Fortunato is here. <laughs> <laughs> the yawner. All right, Johnny, can you give me a one, two, ten count that you can hear me uh, before you shoot me? We can hear you. We can hear you on the air, baby. There we are. <laughs> um, but anyway, um, first off, I'll, before we get to the Rangers, I will say Die Hard's a Christmas movie. That's just me, and I hope that uh, uh -oh. next time Jake, next time uh, Jacob Truba plays the Islanders, I hope he waves says a uh, yippee kaye motherfucker to one of the other players, and then lays out Matthew Barzal. I should also add uh, that um, it is one day before the oh-so-great holiday of Festivus, and I would like to add to my list of grievances the oh-so-terrible Jim Dolan yes. for how he handled his rebuild. That he handled what? I missed that. Handled the Rangers' rebuild. I think the rebuild is over. <laughs> what rebuild? What rebuild? <laughs> we moved on from that. Now yeah. play also die. Well, I mean, that's the thing I can say about this uh, organization is that I said the last time I called in that I was not super confident about how we play against good teams like Nashville and Colorado. And don't get me wrong, I'm more than happy that we're taking out all the shitty teams, but those shitty teams that we're uh, running circles around, they're not going to be the ones that we play in May and June. So, like, can we go seven games against these uh, well, better teams? I don't know. Well, I, I, first of all, I wouldn't worry about too. Uh, I wouldn't worry too much about how they're playing or who they're playing in June because unless this pause lasts a long time, they're not playing in June. That's fair. I think if I think if they get to the playoffs and win a round, I would consider this a very successful season. I would agree. Okay. And uh, they're most likely going to play somebody in their division in their conference. I don't think the Rangers are going to play a part in your Memorial Day weekend plans. Let me put it that way. And that's fine. I'm okay with that. We just okay. want to see – I just the organization and, and from the fans' perspective – yeah, I mean, 
you're talking about Colorado. That a stacked team. That's a team that people are picking to win the Stanley Cup. Uh, you know, a team that they're a heavy team. They're a good team. They got McKinnon and Landeskog and and uh, uh, all these guys pitching in Barakovsky. They've got Miko Rantanen. They got Kale McCarr. These guys are stars. Our stars are not as glimmering as their stars. They also have a culture of winning. The Rangers have no culture of winning. Uh, you know, the Nashvilles, they, they're a tough team. They're going to try to bottle you up. You know, I don't. I expect the Rangers to win one of these games. I don't want to see the team losing to Calgary. Well, I'm not going to play Calgary anymore. I don't even know. But, yes, their showings against the Leafs weren't too good. Uh, they haven't played well against the top teams. But you know what it all comes down to, how the Rangers play against the Islanders. And it's all that matters, well, and baby. I, and the and I would agree. I'm, I'm more than happy to see the uh, Islanders at the bottom of the Metropolitan Division, uh, which they deserve, playing in unbelievable bowel syndrome arena. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, nonetheless, I mean, I think that – we are, it, you know, we are where we are in the first few games of the season. You know, we're riding on Chris Kreider, and we were riding on uh, Igor Shesterkin. Ride Igor, ride him. In. Teams have ridden yeah. on goalies before. Ride him. You got the best goalie, ride him. He wasn't, well, before he went out, he was not facing 40 shots a night. They had gotten the shots on goal down. I have confidence that they will readjust the ship now readjusting the ship doesn't mean they're going to go you know 10 game winning streak but i think okay. there's enough bad teams or equal to teams for the rangers to do well but to me if they lose to the islanders and how bad those islanders are playing this that will completely deflate the fan base if matt martin and uh Casey Zizekas and that other guy, Kyle Clutterbuck, they run rough shot yeah. on the Rangers and no response from Reeves. That will deflate the Ranger fan more than anything. We all know the Ranger, <laughs> attitude, Ranger fan attitude really will get deflated against the rivals. And right now, because the Devils are just inconsequential as far as I'm concerned, uh, with the rivalry. The Caps and Islanders are the key. Well, you Jack Hughes eight years when he's not proven. Well, I mean, he's I mean, twenty. What is he? Twenty years old. I mean, and he's been injured most. Of, he has shown me, and you can the stats will bear it out a lot more than Kako or Lafaniere have. I mean, uh, he's a first line center. He plays their first line power play. I mean, I'm here not to debate the, the great Jack Hughes debate of 2021, but uh, I just feel that you, the Rangers lose to those two teams, and if Tom Wilson gets away with murder again and the bell is not sounded on that, we're going to be upset, ridiculous of win or losses. And I think the Rangers uh, I, will be fine. I think the Rangers will make the playoffs. 
actually want to make a quick point on Washington, if you guys don't mind. Go um, ahead. Do another bid on me or what? What are you doing here? Well, this is not a bit. This is actually more of oh, an announcement. Actual but... commentary? All right. I want to hear this. Well, actually, uh, the reason why my Wi-Fi is relatively mediocre is uh, I miss Washington. You're going to do a bit, aren't you? No, this is not a bit, but um, okay. it, I moved to Washington, D.C. a year ago, and I'm now a Virginia resident just outside D.C. So uh, oh. next time I uh, Capitals game, I could uh, go around wearing a T-shirt saying, fuck Tom Wilson. Well, you'll probably get your ass beat. What are you doing down there? Now? Uh, I, He's a representative. I, I got a job down here. and uh, you He's know, in Congress. Uh, is it Congress? <laughs> well, I can certainly go back better, Bill. Congress. <laughs> well, I well, I can certainly say that uh I've called you guys from the state capitol, and in the near future I will call you guys from the federal capital. Ooh, he's a man of mystery, Jim. Oh. Yeah, uh, well, I don't know. Either I'm off my nut or he is. Or you are. This episode of Where the Fuck is Andy Pettit? <laughs> How are you gonna make it to a viewing party when we when we have one? The train. Give me give me All a right. week's notice. You're gonna take I'll, that uh, I'll, I'll take I'll take the train up. I'll I'll figure it out. Isn't that a new oh, strain uh, of uh, COVID? The Excella? The, the Excella. That's the next one. That's the next one. Oh yeah. Uh, I heard it's expensive to live there in Washington. You got that kind of coin? I well, I'm living uh, just outside there. I'm living in Virginia in a more reasonably price range. Oh, okay, uh, like Arlington. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yes, actually. In Arlington. Yeah, that's actually where my office is. Oh. His, wait, wait a minute. Oh, oh, hold on a second my now. Office. I'm calling you from my office. What are you, an no, author? No, highbrow. <laughs> <laughs> His office. All right. Well, Connor, I got to say, I I thought you worked at a gas station, but apparently you, uh, you've exceeded <laughs> my expectations. You're, you're a man living in Arlington. You're a great guy and a great addition. I, I wish you a Merry Christmas to you and yours. Or well, Hanukkah. Well, I'm you celebrating. It's Hanukkah. Conica, I, I, but I it's would also, happy Conica. I would also like. Well, I would also like to say another thing on my very long list of grievances for this festivus. Strangers' uh, lack of center depth, and I said specifically, outside of Mika 